Howard Stern. Anywhere, everywhere. I approve of this show. Sirius XM. On today's Howard Stern Show, Howard welcomes back his best pal, Jimmy Kimmel. My dear friend Jimmy Kimmel. I feel like smacking myself. That's love. Jimmy Kimball, it's Wendy Fuda. Question: What does your fart smell like? Oh. Mine smells like chicken, gotcha. and it makes me hungry. <laughs> oh boy! Wow! I love you, Jimmy. Yeah. Hold on a minute, okay, Pete. I'm conversation with um, Pete Davidson, and this is an exclusive. This is the first time he's been on any show since his split from Kim Kardashian. Pete is playing, um, what's the, what are you playing, Pete? What's the, oh, dude, shit, fuck, fuck, I'm a guy, I'm a, oh, I'm a, I got him, I got him, I got him, I got him, he's playing, uh, oh, fuck, dude, video I just level 40, oh, fuck, dude, I just unlocked level 40, I, I, I let me hold on, let me pause this real quick, let me just, <laughs> I wanna, hey, what's up, Howard? Everybody, Pete Davidson, uh, he was just recently, uh, made a big career move, started dating Kim Kardashian. He's dated the most beautiful women. Who else? Ariana Grande, right? Mm-hmm. You, you yeah. had sex with, and you had yeah. um, Kate Beckinsale. Kate Beckinsale for a very brief moment. You had uh, the uh, Cindy Crawford's kid, uh, Gerber, Kaya Gerber, right? Gerber. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But how you how you just give me a, a couple of minutes here? Were you? How do you feel since you broke up with Kim Kardashian? Uh, well, at first I was like. Yo, is this heartbreak? And then I was like, no, you're just super high and scared. Chill the fuck out. Right. <laughs> and it had to be a big adjustment. Um, yeah. I mean, I'm just getting used to being alone. You know, like my chicken nuggets are like frozen now. But if you chew them long enough, they get warm. They get right. warm. It's weird. It's weird to be in a such a high-profile relationship with like a Kim Kardashian and the paparazzi are following you around, and and you guys, you know, nine months mm-hmm. together. You know, you that is a heartache. Are you gonna start dating again? Yeah. Uh, I think so. Like my dong is like done hibernating. Yeah, yeah. your dong is done. Been hi- since they nine uh, months, broke up? nine months, nine, nine months, months has. D- his dong is a hibernation. Wow, I didn't realize of, it was yeah. that long. No, I guess so. you. I'm thinking about the women that your dong has seen. There's even women that like we don't even know. I mean, uh, Pete Davidson is a coxman extraordinaire. I'm, I don't <laughs> mind saying that. And um, yeah. what kind of girl? What kind of girl you want this time? Um, I like. Want a girl with like boobies, you know, like maybe what? an Asian boobies, you know, oh. like the on the chest. Yeah, um, of course. The things that hang down. <laughs> um, maybe like an Asian girl or like a Latina girl. Or like, you know, I've mostly dated white girls, um, except Kim, who was like Chewbacca or something. 
You don't uh, even know what she was. <laughs> she was a Chewbacca. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't even know what she is. She, he's right. Uh, Who knows what she's she is? Like, I don't know. I'm just like, oh fuck, you're beautiful. But um, like I do an Arab, you know. But my mom might not be down. You know, she's not like she's not like racist, but like nine eleven killed my dad, so it's just. Mm. Yeah. You know what you ought to do. You'd be big on those. You you should get on a dating app. A dating app. Mm. Yeah, no word. I've been I've been setting up my uh, my Raya profile. Uh, do you want to hear what I got so far? Go ahead. <clears throat> What's up? Um, I'm Pete. Uh, I like weed and my PS Five and. I have fifty million dollars, and I'm six foot two with like um, a Pringles can cock. A Pringles can cock. That's fucking unbelievable, man! You're gonna get and the fifty million. I think that's all you need. Yeah, yeah wow, that's some profile. It's pretty sick, dude. It dude. sure is. Yeah. Well, I I hey, just want to. Yo, come look at this shit I just took, bro. It's fucking huge. Hey, oh, hang man. on a second. Howard, hold on one second. Hold on. Oh, dude. That's it's got sick. fucking corn, bro. Oh, dude. Corn, Jeff, bro. That's so nasty, dude. You should, hey, you know, we should, we should bronze it. We should totally bronze it. Dude, should, I gotta go show your mom, bro. All right. Yeah, cool. Sick, sick. sick. Wow. Sorry, what is, who is that? Dude, that was stank ass Jeff, dude. He was in the bathroom for like an hour. I thought he OD'd <laughs> again. Um, I want to, I want to, hey, what's up though? What's up? So you guys take shits and then look at them and uh, compare and look at the Jeff, size. Yes. Thank us. Jeff. He, he like makes monsters, dude. I want to talk about your career for one second. Um, what you left Saturday night live. Are you getting a lot uh -huh. of work since leaving a uh, Saturday night live? Uh, word. Yeah. I got the TV show and, um, I'm about to start a new movie. Uh, I'm playing that old rock guy, you know, Joey Ram one. You mean Joey Ramone? Yeah. Yeah. Joey, it's not Joey Ram one. I mean, it looks that way. It's R-A-M-O-N-E, but it's Ramone, not Ram one. Oh, okay. Yeah. My bad. Um, Joey, right. Okay. Uh, but like, do you want to, I'm like been kind of working on the impression for a while. Do you want me, do you want to, you want to hear it? You want to listen to it? Sure. I knew the dude, so I could tell you if oh, it's really? good. Yeah. That's what's up. Yeah. Um. Uh, hang on. Let's take me a second. Just hey, what's up? It's Joey Ram. One. Let's play punk rock. <laughs> it's remote. That's good, but it's all right. Whatever. I'll be. I'm going to check out the movie when it comes out. I'm looking up to it. Word. Hey, how it's been fun and whatnot. But like, I got. I kind of like got a busy day ahead of me. So like, um. Hey, Ma. Where's my Xbox controller? I can't find it. All right. Ma! It's not down here. <laughs> Ma! I guess. No! <laughs> oh, shit. Oh, shit, dude. I just found it. Dude, I just found it. It was under my balls, dude. Oh, right. right. just had it. Oh, my you God. Need, you know, need to dude. get laid, dude. You need to get Fuck. laid, dude. I do. Yeah, you do. You do. All right. Take care. All right. Oh, I'm about to snipe. There you go. There he goes. Very busy day. Very busy yeah. day. What a way to start the show with a celebrity interview. Uh, let's say good morning to Ben. Ben, you're on the air in Pennsylvania. Hey, now. Good morning, Howard. 
Hey, hey did now. anybody play? Anybody hey play now. for you? Uh, anybody play for you the uh, clip of uh, Jimmy Kimmel on uh, Monday Night Football last night with Joe Buck? They were talking yeah. about promoting his appearance, and the national debate starts. Are you going to go back to the studio? I came uh, downstairs here, and uh, the the gang was excited that Jimmy Kimmel and Joe Buck on the ABC halftime were talking about me. And uh, I was like, oh, let me listen to that. I'll play it for everybody, Ben, okay? Yeah, okay, let me hear what, uh, what was said. All right. Thanks, Ben. That's thank Ben you. in Pennsylvania. Hey, who are you voting for? for uh, never mind. I don't want to get into politics. Yeah. Um, Jimmy Kimmel and Joe Buck. By the way, this is very good publicity because that's probably, I would think Kimmel, ABC Kimmel. halftime is probably the most popular uh, television show of the week, you know, Monday Night Football, right? I mean, well, the, at, uh, all I know is that I've heard that football is the highest rated everything on the network television right. shows. It's the one place where people still get together in a group. And watch like appointment TV. TV, yeah. Yeah, it's not the Oscars anymore. It's not the Emmys anymore. It's just sporting events, and football's number one. But anyway, so Jimmy and Joe Buck were talking about me, and I'll tell you the truth. It's a very good topic that Joe Buck brought up to Jimmy because I am having a hard time with it, and I do not know how to integrate myself back in. You know what it is? I've been so careful not to get COVID. I know the second I go back into life, I'll get COVID, and it'll just be like you know who you sound like. Who Howard Hughes? No, yeah. Well, okay. Whatever. I'm a product of her. I I hope you were were going to evolve, you know, and stop wishing bad things on yourself. But you know what it is too. Excuse me, Robin. (laughs) What do you have right now? (laughs) The truth of the matter is, I'm. I'm very happy in my life. It's not like I'm sitting here going, I gotta get to a restaurant. I'm trying to think what it is I'd want to do that I can't do. I don't give a shit about eating in a restaurant. My wife and I order in and, um, I'm really happy in my little world. I'm really so happy. Well, let me ask you something. When you go to a restaurant, remember back to when you used to go I to loved a restaurant. It. Loved it. Yes. But. I don't love it that much. I don't miss it. Like, it's for the last two years. Whether, whether you need to go to a restaurant, but it's a pleasant experience. Well, here's the thing. Here's the thing, and I'm being honest. I'm not trying to make jokes or anything. So, you know, look, most people get COVID and, you know, nothing really bad happens. They get a bad cold. They might spike a fever, but, you know, that's about it. And, and I understand that. There's about a quarter of the population that gets COVID that experiences long-term COVID. And they say it's a horrible brain fog. You never kind of, your, your taste buds are never the same. And it, and, and maybe you'll get over it. Maybe you won't. And I hear that and I go, well, hmm, I could go to dinner and sit there, you know, like on pins and needles looking at my watch when I can get out, get home again <laughs> or, you know, or avoid Back possible into quarantine. Yeah. I mean, it's just. You know, it, it's just a hard thing for me to wait. Like, okay, yeah, I know. I'll probably get COVID and not really get that sick, but who said I don't know. you have to get COVID? How about putting an if in there? It's not well, guaranteed. Well, I would say it's a mm, 85% chance if you walk around, stay indoors, especially in New York with other people, you are going to get COVID. 
You know. Well, you're I mean, not going to live honest. like that. Well, what are you talking about? If you're talking about integrating back into society, like my wife was saying, maybe we should go to a restaurant and sit indoors. And I was like, well, I guess that would be a momentary That's pleasure. Once in a yeah, it's Russian roulette. It's Russian roulette. That's all. But but it's the you know what what happens is it's the preponderance of activity. It's not the one. You know, yes, of course you could get it the one time you do something. Of course. But usually it's people who loosen their boundaries way too much and are mm. just roaming around like nothing's wrong. Well, I know uh, the president said the uh, pandemic is over. I know the elevators at Sirius XM are packed again. I know all of that. Um, but I, um, I'm, well, anyway, here's Jimmy. This is what, the, 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 forget about me. Here's Jimmy. Well, this is all about me, but here's Jimmy and Joe Buck. <laughs> Here's the one thing I really want to know. Then I'll plug the show. Yep. Are you going to see Howard Stern while you're in New York? Can you get him out of his basement and into some sort of public setting? Well, those who know Howard know that he does not like the COVID has become um, a great excuse for him to not go anywhere ever. I am hoping to see him. I am on his show tomorrow morning. Okay. Uh, that will not be in person. That will be over the magic of Zoom. But uh, I am hoping to see him, but I'm not counting on it. So. Jimbo Kimball is on tomorrow morning with Howard Stern. That is correct. Jimbo will be there. Jimbo <laughs> Kimball. I love it. I said to someone, geez, what? If you uh, talk Jimble about a plug, uh, what is that worth when Joe Buck brings you up and talks about you on Monday Night Football? It's got to be worth a, a million or two. What's it cost for a spot on the um, on, uh, on ABC on the on the uh, halftime show? It probably costs a fortune, a couple hundred thousand dollars. I have no so, idea uh, because, you know, you only hear that about Super Bowl ads, how much they cost. Mm -hmm, I don't know what right. a regular game costs. Can't be cheap. Well, anyway, yeah, no, I, I've talked to my doctor and, uh, you know, I talked to Dr. Schlafmitz about covid and uh, now you're talking to dr schlafmitz <laughs> yeah yeah my mother uh first of all my mother's always like every time i see my mother the first question is does dr schlafmitz know what's going on with me i go mom i can't bother this guy the dude's a heart <laughs> surgeon i mean nothing new has happened i know you does he ever ask what's going on with me? <laughs> I go, well, I've got about 50 other doctors involved with you. I don't know that I need to bug a, a heart surgeon about, you. well, shouldn't he know? I like to know that he knows what I'm doing. Oh, I go, boy. look. She's yeah, attached yeah, yeah. to him. Oh, my God. It's her boyfriend. And I'm like, <laughs> I'm like, I called him about her legs. Her, her Now her, you know, she's got edema. Her legs are swollen. And, you know, and then I was talking about, I said, Dr. Schlafmitz, I don't know how to get back into society. And he, you know, he was telling me he doesn't see in the hospital many, you know, many COVID cases anymore that it's, you know, it's, it's a manageable thing. He tells me everything. And I called Dr. Agus and he gave me some advice, go get the new vaccine and then start doing things. But uh, I can't bring myself to do it. I'm being honest. You know, I'm not, uh, I'm not looking for trouble. And I'm so happy being in my own little cocoon. I, this summer I got a lot done. 
I was off from the radio. I got to paint a, a, a major painting, a big one. And, I, you know, I was very happy doing that. And I would eat dinner with my wife at home. We would order out from restaurants. It was delicious. Some food travels better than others. <laughs> um, <laughs> you know, uh, we, I don't know, we went for walks outside. I didn't feel claustrophobic. Anybody who came in my house wears a mask. And uh, that's it. I'm I'm happy with life like that. In fact, it's kind of the life I've always dreamed of. I don't like the outside world. I haven't had a good time with the outside world. Uh, I had a very horrible childhood. Well, that it was, was not... uh, at least a hundred years ago now, your childhood. I saw, yeah, <laughs> but I, I saw the nature of man, and it's not pleasant. Best to stay home and avoid mankind. Man Howard, is. You're looking in the wrong direction. This morning, I heard about a team that put together a project where they sent a rocket ship into space and crashed it into an asteroid that sure. they could hardly see. That's mankind, too. Well, by the way, first of all, I think that's great. I think that's a way to be proactive. Uh, you know, I saw the movie... Uh, what the fuck is that movie with Bruce Willis? Armageddon. Where, Armageddon. I mean, obviously they got the idea from Armageddon. And in every fucking science fiction movie, uh, what has been a fear? We're floating around out here in space on a, on a, a thing called Earth. We named it Earth, but we're, we're literally think about where we are right now as a group of people. And you're right, Robin. We should all band together and be frightened out of our minds. We are spinning around in space near a star that's billions of degrees. If we move out of that orbit, if the moon shifts, if anything goes wrong, we're fucked. We assume when we wake up every morning that, you know, the sky's going to be there. We assume the, the earth below us is going to be that the oceans are going to stay in place. We, we assume a lot. And and uh, we are just on one big massive disaster course. I mean, who knows where we're going? Take it easy. That wasn't we're, why I said that. We should all be huddled together, holding on to one another. <laughs> and uh, you know, this is what's going on. So, when a group of scientists say, you know, not only are we floating around in a ball in space. But there's millions of rocks out there that are shooting around. It's a miracle <laughs> we haven't been hit yet. They say the Ice Age, I think, was formed when one of these asteroids That's hit right. us. There, it did happen before, yes. Yeah, I mean, we're we're <laughs> in a, we're being attacked constantly, not by Russia, not by China, but by fucking space, and we're <laughs> acting like nothing's happening. So, uh, what a wonderful thing! A group of people got together and said, "Well, maybe." If one of these asteroids is on a course to hit us, we could blow it up and avert this this horror. Not even blow it up. They just knocked it off course. There you go. Knock it off course. That's what they did in Armageddon. It's what Bruce Willis was all about. And so um, for them to take this attempt. Now, now when they hit the asteroid, it, it, did it get knocked off course? Did it actually yes. work? It yes, did work. it worked. And so, not only that, do you know that there were two asteroids traveling together? They had to hit the right one. And the, the spacecraft itself had to be able to make that determination. So in the last four hours of that expedition, 
they turned over all control to the spacecraft and the spacecraft figured it out. I don't know how it knows that, but uh, <laughs> it's just like the thermos. <laughs> I'm still trying to figure out how that guy cheated in chess without sticking something up his ass. <laughs> but, uh, you know, I I uh, I got to tell you that the one fear I do have in all of this is human error. That, in fact, we've been so lucky not getting hit by an asteroid. Sometimes you wonder who the hell is working the equipment up there at NASA. And what if they knock uh, an asteroid as they're practicing into the Earth? Oh. (laughs) (laughs) So I don't know what's going on. But you hope that, you know, you know, it's funny. We vote in this country for a president. And look at the fucking mess we made out of that, depending on where you are politically. Imagine the NASA. You hope they're getting the creme de la creme and not getting some fucking flunky in there who's going to turn an asteroid on Earth. Thank God we don't vote who goes to NASA. Uh, yeah, because we certainly don't know how to vote based on what I've seen. So the NASA double asteroid redirection test, they call it DART, double asteroid redirection test. And uh, what did they launch it like 10 months ago, I think? And then they Yeah, you got to launch it ahead of time. They didn't know what the asteroid looked like. I mean, it was just brilliant what they did. Brilliant. They crashed into a space rock. And uh, the space rock was 7 million miles from Earth. And then, of course, I'm sitting there shitting in my pants going, these fuckers better know what they're doing. They could end up changing the trajectory of this thing right into our planet. <laughs> Yeah, because this one wasn't headed toward us. They just wanted right. to see if they could do it yeah. for the future. Yep. Well, that's good. You know, I'm a bit of a chess fan. I was following this story in the newspaper. Magnus Carlsen is the greatest chess player to ever lived, better than Bobby Fischer. I mean, it's a very tough thing to say who is the greatest chess player of all time because don't forget... When Bobby Fischer was playing, there were no such thing as computers. And yeah. Bobby Fischer had to sort of figure out a lot of stuff for himself. Um, the, the guys today coming up have computers that they can literally know the best moves. And they learn how to play using the best moves. So, you know, chess is less an art now, more of a science. But this kid, Magnus Carlsen, is phenomenal. And you got to play chess to understand what it is he does. It's just a brilliant brain. He just sees moves ahead. So you all probably read the, well, you probably don't read the paper, so I'll explain to you. There was a guy named Hans Niemann, who was, I think, American, isn't he? And he uh, played Magnus Carlsen. He was not considered the upper echelon of chess players, whatever. He is a grandmaster. Uh, he had a uh, background in chess of cheating on the Internet, uh, but uh, he said he was 10 years old when he did that. Fine, I can forgive that. And he says he's never cheated on an over-the-board game. And so they had a big tournament in St. Louis. And lo and behold, this kid, Neiman, is his name Neiman? I hope I'm saying that right. But uh, he won the chess match against Magnus Carlsen, played a perfect game, played a brilliant game. It was unbelievable. I've watched the game. I've studied the game. And uh, it is absolutely brilliant what this kid Mm. did against Magnus Carlsen. And let me tell you something. Doing that against Magnus Carlsen is probably a billion to one because the kid's just too good. 
so they're now debating how could he have cheated. The game is over the board. The game is delayed 15 minutes from every move on the Internet. How could he have cheated? And someone is saying he shoved anal beads up his ass that had some sort of remote control in his asshole. And I went, Jesus Christ, fuck chess. This kid's genius. He can get <laughs> signals up his ass and get communications. They go, he's better than Magnus Carlsen just because he gets, he gets Morse code in his ass and can, and read it. You know, I mean, it's a, and nobody and heard anything. That's nobody. No. <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, they're trying to figure out how this kid, Hans Neiman, who, who sounds like he's German. He was born in San Francisco. He's How an American. How do these chess players always have such wild names? I, I know. I don't know. I don't, I don't. I think the name is fake. Hans Neiman. I almost named myself Hans Neiman when I started my uh, radio career. Um, I've actually seen a video of Hans Neiman playing a guy in the, in the park in San Francisco, uh, playing chess against the guy over the board. And it was, he played brilliantly. You know, he's a brilliant guy. But is he brilliant enough to beat Magnus Carlsen? And so my first reaction was, no way he beat Magnus Carlsen. It was, if Magnus, Magnus Carlsen knows, the chess experts know that someone playing at a certain level, all of a sudden to jump up to that level of play. But is it possible? And the answer Did is Magnus yes. Did Magnus make a mistake? Uh, what, well, you know, was that, you know, cause that's how that happens. Well, Magnus has refused to play this guy ever again. Now, this kid has said, listen, I did not cheat. And it's interesting. He said what I was waiting to hear. The kid said, I'll tell you what, why don't you strip search me? Look, look at every, you want to look at my asshole? Go ahead. Which, by the way, is very, very gracious of him. <laughs> gracious. <laughs> and he said, I'll play Magnus Carlson. I'll sit there naked and I'll play him. And I don't know. Don't let anybody else in the room. That's now, Magnus best. Carlson should do that. If he's willing to be naked and have his fucking nuts and balls and, and fucking asshole then check. Maybe it's nothing that they inserted into him. Maybe it's implanted into him. Oh, well, now you're talking some crazy shit. Wow. <laughs> if he's willing wow. to have the anal All right. <laughs> okay, but let's 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 say this. Fine, maybe it's implanted in him. He's willing to go into a locked room with just a a, um, a judge, you know, mm -hmm. and play the game just to prove but that he can. But if it's implanted, he, he, yeah, but, they but can no still one, communicate it. If it's him. implanted, he, someone would have to be able to watch the game to tell him what's going on. In other words, there would be no way for him to communicate in a locked room. He does not care what they do. You understand what I'm saying? In other words, you still need cohorts to, to check right, the computer. Right, right. Somebody's uh, got to be watching. You need at least two people in on this with you. And if they can't watch, then they're fucked. So, and they'll pass him through a metal detector, too, to see if there's anything in play. He says, I'll submit to anything you want. Now, either this guy's the great, got the greatest magic trick ever, <laughs> or... Uh, you know, maybe he has cameras implanted in his eyes. As far as I know, they can't do that. I mean, for chess, I don't know that I would go that far. But um, I'll tell you, people are kooky with this chess. I've been reading so much about what happened with Hans Neiman and uh, Magnus Carlsen. I said, let me go online. I go on the Internet Chess Club and um, the ICC, 
I went on yesterday. I said, I got to play a couple of games. I, I, I don't play anymore. I suck. But, uh, I went on and I played what they call a blitz game. What is a blitz game? It is two minutes and 12 seconds long. Every time you make a move, you get back 12 seconds. So it's a very fast game. There's, it's kind of, um, stupid. It's not a lot of calculation. You kind of just fly by the seat of your pants. So I went on and I found a guy, uh, to play. And we start playing, and I have to admit I made a brilliant move. I took a pawn, and he couldn't take back with his knight, or else I would have taken his rook. Don't ask. I had I was on a romantic. You had tear. him in a real bind. Right. So usually, what most people do when they're in a bind, because there was now uh, built up on the clock about I don't know four minutes, because uh-huh. we were playing fast. What he should do is resign if he feels he lost. These chess players are so fucking odd. I don't know what it is about them and what their ego is. This kid, whoever I'm playing, I don't know if he was an adult, a kid. They, they, it's called sitting on a loss. They sit there and let the clock go, hoping uh. you'll resign. Now, I'm sitting there going, so he won't make a move. I'm sitting there for four minutes. Now, listen, I'm getting older. Four minutes is a lot of time in my life. You start doing <laughs> the math. I don't have time to sit there. Plus, it was an unrated game. There was not a rated game. So there's nothing to lose, really. There's nothing to lose. There's no reputation. It's anonymous. Nobody knows who you are. And this guy, it was so important for him to somehow, he felt, well, he lost, but he's going to make me sit there with him for four more minutes while he doesn't move. Think about how sick you have to be. How fucked up you have to be. You're playing a game of chess for no ratings, no money, nothing. I don't know who he is. He doesn't know who I am. He's just stopped moving and watched the clock tick. Well, that's my said, point, Howard. That guy's said, not going to knock off an, an asteroid. Right. He's right. an asshole. He's an asshole. And then the guy, and the guy in his mind is saying, I don't want to admit defeat. So I'm going to make you sit there. If you want to win, you got to sit here with me for four minutes and babysit me. (laughs) Ha, ha, ha. And I'm like, you know, this is insane. People are insane who play chess. Now, for two of those minutes, I sat there. I said, fuck this guy. I'm going to win this game. Let him sit. I waited two minutes to see if he wanted. Maybe he was thinking. I don't know. But then I said. You know what? Fuck this. I, I got a million things to do. I had to prepare for the show. You can't just you. get up and leave the computer on. Like I could. But Robin, I mean, really? <laughs> I mean, I said, you know what? I said to myself, I tell you what, pal, you win the game. I'll resign. How's that? I hope you feel good about yourself. So I, I resigned. And now he's the winner. Isn't that nice? Wasn't that nice? Wow. You won. Yeah. You, That's you should be real proud. Human nature. Yeah. That is what we're dealing with. That's why the streets look like they do. That's why the yeah. world looks like it does. Because he's, everybody's not like a NASA scientist. He's what you call a cunt. Yeah. I mean, a cunt. Excuse with me. With a capital, yes. every word, every letter capitalized. He's a cunt. Hey, that oh, I was just like, I went, I go, mom. I was like, think how stupid this cunt. guy is. <laughs> Ken, you're on the air in New York. Go ahead. Hey Howard, how are you doing? All right, pleasure, pleasure to see you. And I was, and I sat there and I was wondering, who am I playing right now? Am I playing like a twelve-year-old, okay, or am I playing like a sixty-five-year-old guy? Who am I? Who am I playing right now? That anyway, I don't know. You think the twelve-year-old grows out of that? I don't know. 
I don't know. I don't know what his problem was. Uh, Ken, you're on. on the air. Yeah, Howard, fellow <laughs> Marshall Chess Club member. Um, Hans Neiman got caught cheating at age 12 and 16 in money tournaments on chess.com. So he's been right. caught cheating at a much older age than 10 years old. And that's why I, I, he was suspect. Yeah, and, and of course. And to, to suddenly become that good at chess. Uh, not well, that he, how many get, wait a minute. He's, let a, me... he's a grandmaster, Howard, so you know yes. how good he is. But yes. the reality is Magnus Carlsen never got beat by anybody with his rating, especially with him playing black. But if, if you know Nakamura, the other grandmaster, Neiman couldn't even really explain the next day how he That's determined right. the moves. And, you know, you're right about the chess computers. Um, there's, a, there's an AI now that says that Carlson would have a 0.2% chance of ever beating it. But, you know, they, they run these lines. And what Neiman said was that Carlson had played this position before. And that's the reason prepared for it. And, the, and, and, the, and they went back and he had never played that position before. And that's where the suspicions really yes. got started. And, and that's why I, I didn't want to jump to a conclusion. But when I saw his analysis of the game, it was so it was somewhat sketchy. In other words, a grandmaster, Robin, would be able to look at a game and say, look, here's what I considered at this point in game. Uh, king takes this or a queen to F3 or blah, 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 blah. There's certain things that in an analysis that he would be yeah. able to do. And uh, they uh, most experts felt that this kid's analysis was not that deep. In other words, he wasn't thinking that deeply. So uh, not, not deep enough to beat Magnus Carlsen. Right. Uh, especially. And, and um, you know, and, and Magnus Carlsen. I still and, can't understand. Was this a tournament or was this one game? Oh, no, oh, no this, this was, was a tournament. tournament. Yeah, this was, was a big, big one. The biggest one in St. Louis, which is, uh, you know, there's real money involved. You know, these guys play for money. They don't make a fortune playing chess. Right, you know, it's right. not a big money sport. But the the thing is, um, this guy, Magnus Carlsen, also said the level of concentration that this kid exhibited during the game or, or was didn't not there. Right. right. He didn't exhibit it. <laughs> he said some of these moves were so intense, so needed so much thought. And he could mm -hmm. see that the guy was barely like concentrating barely focused yeah yeah well, i tend to i tend to think that magnus carlson knows but that may, hey maybe it's unfair but anyway I, don't you think ken since you seem to know something about chess don't you think they should lock these two guys in a room and uh you know strip search this kid if he's willing to do it and uh, let him go at it yes i mean look if carlson wanted to say okay you know like the old west uh we're going to meet at high noon there's going to be no one in the street but us we're going to play over a board. We're going to strip you down, like you said, and check you out. And then we'd really see who the stronger player was. But remember, Howard, and you know the game, Carlton hadn't been beaten like five years, especially playing white. He never gets beat playing white. And this kid beat him playing black. Yeah, he, and that's what I mean, the whole thing he might, he might be. He might get a draw. That's possible. possible. Sure. Yeah. But That's but possible. but not to get not to actually lose a game. It would almost be impossible. Magnus Carlsen is just a phenom. He's just a phenom, and that's the way it goes. Well, I know. I heard after that the next game he came and he just m made one move and he walked or he turned over a a a, a piece and walked out. Magnus, it, it was an online. Yeah. It was an tournament, Robin. And what he did was he made one move, said I resign, and shut his camera down. 
and it was a live game, and the whole chess world went bananas. Yeah, let me tell you something. That he had done that. By the way, uh, I hate to admit this, but I did buy a set of anal beads. Uh, for my own game. Because and you're learning Morse code. I, well, I used to go down to the Marshall Chess Club to play over the board, and when you get beaten by an 11-year-old, you will stick beads up your ass. Yeah, <laughs> you know. which, which, which happens regularly down at the Marshall Club, believe me. Um, you yeah, got to check your ego aside when you go. Any chance of you ever going back there again? You know, I used to love to go down to the Marshall Chess Club. First of all... Isn't it the, the most beautiful chess club in the world? It's just amazing. Uh, I haven't been to a lot of chess clubs, but I'll tell you what, I used to be so into chess. And the idea is, Robin, you want to go down to play live. Why do you want to play live? For the same reason they have chess tournaments. I go on these computers and I play people. I was in a league in uh, on a computer. Mm-hmm. And they would catch guys cheating all the time over the computer. They have such, yeah. it, it's so weird to me. You're on the computer because you want to get better. So you just rely on the fact that everybody, what's the point of cheating in a tournament where there's no money, there's no, you know, there's no motive other than, hey, I won. Uh, people were such assholes that, you know, you get frustrated. So I went down to the Marshall Chess Club to play over the board, as they call it, in person where people can't cheat. And this club, it was given to uh, the Marshall Chess Club by a chess player. It's a building in the village. Right, it's in the village, right, Ken? Yeah, it's on Tenth uh, Street uh, off Sixth Avenue. Gorgeous yeah. building. Gorgeous old building was donated, and so I mean, you know what a building costs in Manhattan. Oh, that's amazing, yeah. To but be given this, real estate in Manhattan, a whole well, building, and you could see this chess club has no money because the floors are creaking. You know, it needs an overhaul. They can't and everything. repair it. <laughs> no, it's but it's so beautiful in its old quality. It's a piece yeah. of the old world, you know what I mean? And you go yeah. in there and it's guys who play chess, women who play chess, and they have the old fashioned everything, clocks and everything. And you yeah, go it's in a beautiful and- place. It was one of the places I really wanted to go to after pandemic. I've been going down on the weekends. Um, well, playing over the board tournaments and and you're right howard there's i went down there you asked me why i'll tell you why i don't go down there anymore <laughs> i go down there and they see it's me they can't believe howard stern showed up at the marshall chess club you, you, you forget that i forget i'm famous i don't even believe <laughs> you figure chess people don't know you <laughs> i said and I, I remember i had a long discussion with my wife and my daughter emily and Emily said to me, Dad, I'll go down there with you if you're nervous. I said, I'm just afraid people are going to drive me crazy. It's going to be not. Dad, I'll go with you. I'll go to the tournament, blah, blah, blah. So, and, and, and Beth said to me, you know, you got to branch out. You see, this is what I mean. The same with COVID. You got to branch out. You got to live your life. You got to go down there. Maybe bring a security guy. I said, I'm not going to the Marshall Chess Club like some shithead fucking celebrity with, with a security, security guy. Good. I, you know, if the if I can't beat up these nerds with uh, my fists, <laughs> my own two fists, <laughs> I mean, well, there's something wrong they with play me, you know. Chess, for God's sake, yeah, they yes. play. They're a fucking bunch of <laughs> pussy chess players. I mean, uh, I could. I'm six foot five. I can handle these assholes. But anyway, so I went down, and at first everything's copacetic. My daughter was with me. There's safety in numbers. I'm playing. Blah blah blah. It's okay. But. I And I felt good. It was a good experience. Went down the second time. Now I'm all charged up. Can't wait. I entered a, a little tournament of beginners. And, you know, you got to work your way up. You got to start at the bottom. 
I start at the bottom. I sign up. Well, all of a sudden, this dude comes up to me. Looks like motherfucking Santa Claus with a beard. Howard, I'm a grandmaster. What the? La, la, la. And he's pitching me his books. He wants to play me. He wants to. He's going to start mm. teaching me. And blah 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 yeah. blah blah. So I say, hey, dude, you know, I'm good here. I'm just going to fucking chill in, blah, 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 blah. No, no, no. Let me see how you play. I'm going to watch your game. I'm going to. Uh, no, no, no. It's okay. Next thing I know, this guy won't leave me alone. Then two other assholes come on. And I just say, this is fucking bullshit. And then yeah. I start to play my game. I'm sweating bullets. All these assholes are watching me. Next thing I know, some little punk is beating me. <laughs> yes, that now happens I'm a quite often down there. Well, I was I was nervous. I needed anal beads in the worst way to play this fucking game. <laughs> yeah, that was no time not to have the uh, computer uh, at your disposal. Well, I had Robin was uh, at the computer waiting for me, but she knew how to commu- she knew no Morse code for my anal beads. I, I I I learned chess. I got to learn Morse code too. <laughs> yeah, but um, you know I'm a, I'm an okay chess player. I can you know I can play a little bit, but uh, not on not on any great level, but. Uh, as long as you enjoy it, that's what matters. Right. All right, Ken. Thank you. Yeah, very All good right, explanation, by the way. Thank you. Okay, bud. Bye, bye. Right. That's Ken. Nice to who, talk to somebody who actually knows what you're talking about, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So uh, for the two people who are left listening, uh, <laughs> hi. <laughs> it was interesting listening in on your conversation. Yeah, yeah. For for those of you who cared, I I, I can't imagine there were many, but uh, uh, I tell you what. With that kind of conversation, there isn't a vagina left in the audience that wants me. <laughs> Everything's dry. Everything's dry. I used to think I wanted to fuck Howard. Now I don't. Everyone dried up. All right, Taylor, you're on the air. Uh, hey, uh, hey now. Hey now. Hey now. Hey, uh, you're totally right, Howard. Everyone on the chessboard, even if you go on like ICC or like, you know, the app that they have, everyone's an asshole, dude. You know, you, I play yep. a whole bunch of Blitz games and it's. They're horrible. Uh, oh, and good morning, Robin. Good morning. And by the way, by the way, I was yes, playing sir. a guy the other day, and like, like, like we, we we both signed on, and then he, I guess he saw my rating or something, and he resigned. You know, he he left the game, and really? I said to myself, yeah. yeah, I said to myself, if this guy knew he was playing me, Howard Stern, you know, the the famous <laughs> dude, oh, he would have been sucking my dick. Play me, Howard. Blah 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 blah. Not only that, he would probably be messaging you saying, like, oh, my gosh, huge fan of all the while while you're trying to play the Blitz game. And it's annoying. Yeah, no, I got I got an anonymous uh, account on there. A couple of people figured out who I was. They were hocking me in China the whole time I'm playing. They were driving me crazy. But they seem to have, well, maybe they they calmed down. Well, maybe you and I said, you know, later in the past, I don't know. I'm horrible. You know, I, you know, I try to do it as quick as I can, but. No, I've been trying to do at least, you know, I play in the sauna. You know, I play about as many games as I can into my phone over here. But so I try to do about 20 games a day. And um, 20 games know, a day? Eat. Jesus. you got to get a job, What bro. do you do for a job? I was, <laughs> who's feeding <laughs> you? <laughs> well, I get, up, I get up at 3 a.m. and I go work out before I clock in. And so it, it, it's just one of those things. All right, all right, Taylor. I don't need to hear your whole life story. Thank that you. Life. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Twenty games First, a day. He's work- he works out too. <laughs> Twenty games yeah. that he works you better, out. <laughs> I think we were just talking to Hans Neiman. <laughs> anyway, uh, yeah. So that's my that's my story on that. So is the guy cheating or not? I, I 
listen, what do I know? I don't know if he's cheating, but uh, he is willing to play and have a full cavity search and everything else you want to do to him. And yeah, so, but, I, you know, you can sort of see Magnus Norman's... Uh, Carlson, Magnus Carlson. Magnus, Magnus Norman is a tennis player. See, Magnus Carlson. Yeah. You can see his point of view. That the guy yeah. was, you know, trying to degrade him. And he, you know, if he feels he cheated, why should he give him a chance? Hey, Kyle, what up? Hey now. Hey now. I don't know about I'm hey now. rock I'm rock hard after that conversation, so you didn't lose me. <laughs> well look, we talk about everything. We talk about everything. What can I say? Hey, I love it. Um I've been listening to a lot of Paul McCartney lately and I was just curious what you think his best album is after the Beatles, whether it oh. was uh just solo or with wings. I have a uh well, after the Beatles it would still, for me, and most people would not agree with me, it was the first Paul McCartney album. It was just called, I think, McCartney. It had that bowl of cherries on the front. You know, I, I right. love that album because it was so stripped down. Most people would say Ram, I think. But uh for me, it was that first one. I just loved it. It was very ahead of its time in that it was so stripped down he played all the instruments on it it's like what dave Grohl started foo fighters and i thought mccartney's album was just spectacular i remember just listening to it over and that whole thing is good uh some people would say band on the run y'all listen to this it's brilliant more guitar more guitar. I love that. Look like a woman. Dress like a lady. Amazing. Talk like a baby. Love like a woman. These are all songs the Beatles passed on. Listen to this. Listen to this. Sexy. Oh, my God. That, you passed on that. That's how good the Beatles were. They passed on this. Yeah, you can't say there was some songs they should have thrown off the Beatles albums and put this on. That would be something. That's another good one. That would be something, really would be something. Meet you in the pouring rain, darling. Meet you in the pouring They passed on this one, too. Every instrument Paul McCartney played on this. And he didn't go crazy. He didn't do a whole George Martin. Sat in his barn. To meet you in the pouring rain, mama. Between the pour and rain. Band on the Run was a good album. Venus and Mars, all of that shit. Man, he's, listen, you're talking about, the, the you know, Magnus Carlson is great in chess. Paul McCartney's our greatest living musician. If John was alive, he'd be right up there with him, of course, John Lennon. 
To me, it's like, uh, you yeah. know, I was jealous. I got to talk to Jimmy about this. I saw that, I think, one of these nights this week, he's got Paul Simon on. I can't believe Jibble, fucking Paul Jibble. Simon never did my show. Oh, would I love to have him. But Jimmy's lucky he's got Paul Simon. But uh, I told you I met uh, Paul Simon in the bathroom in Nobu. I went one night. No, you didn't. Really? Did I ever tell you that story? I, don't I think, think I told so. you. Maybe I forgot. But what happened? I was. Uh, you talked about peeing. the urinal? <laughs> urinal. You know I use a stall even to pee because I don't want anyone to see my small penis. <laughs> I thought maybe you saw him there and said, I got I to gotta do the urinal no. with, with uh, Paul Simon. I didn't know Paul was in the bathroom. I just walked in, went straight to a stall. I pretend like I'm shitting <laughs> because I don't want people to know I use a stall for peeing. The worst is when I go to pee with like a friend of mine and they go right up to the urinal and I go into the stall and they know what's going on. <laughs> I, I, I don't, I, I'm just embarrassed. I'll stand there for an hour if I have to try to pee at a urinal. It won't happen. And sometimes even at the stall, I can't pee. And I'm so embarrassed. I'm so mad at myself. I'm like, you know, damn it. Why couldn't you have two more inches on this cock of yours so you'd be proud? <laughs> like, how did this happen? Why would God do this to me? Why would he handicap me like this? You know, you know, I have handicap plates. I had, I had to whip it out at the... Uh, you can park close to the facility because of yeah, your penis? My, yeah, they consider it a handicap. <laughs> but I'd sit there and i go, why me? Why me? Poor me. And, uh, yeah, so I go into the stall. I pretend like, uh, you know, like I'm shitting. And I'm sure, like, like I walk out and I see, like, a guy, like, no, no, I know what it was. I went up to the sink and then all of a sudden a guy walks out from the urinal there. Uh-huh. And it's, I think it's, I know Paul, I don't know Paul Simon, but I know his brother Eddie fairly well. Right, yeah. I, I've met Eddie, you know, we talk. We talked so to Eddie on they, the air, yeah. Well, they look so much alike, I went, wait a second, is that Eddie? And I'm like, if it's Eddie, I better say hello, you know, I mean, I know the guy. I mean, I know him more, you know, than casually, but I'm such yeah. a narcissist that I barely recognize anyone. So all of a sudden, the, this guy who I thought was Eddie something goes, hi, Howard, Paul Simon. <gasps> he and, said and that. I go, yeah. I go, Paul. Oh, my God. I'm washing my hands or pretending to wash my hands because, as everyone knows, I don't touch my penis when I pee. <laughs> There's no connection between. I always balance my, my little nub on that um, the border of my underwear. The border of me underwear. And I, <laughs> and I, and I bounce it. So I really have no need to wash my hands, but I do because I don't want people to think I'm not washing my hands. Right. So I wash my hand and I go, Paul, whoa. I said, hey, I'd shake your hand, but I, you know, I'm just peed and, you know, I was holding my cock. I didn't want him to catch on that I balanced my penis on my underwear. So. He goes, yeah, hey, yeah. I think he might have even said, hey, how are you? And something like that. And I went, oh, Paul, it's such an honor. I said, it's a weird time to be saying this. And I didn't know who else was in the bathroom or what, and they're probably listening to the conversation. But I just said, I just wanted to let you know how much I love you and your music. You're just just amazing. And I started naming a couple of songs <laughs> you know, that oh, I like. <laughs> I know, I was fan. a real dude. <laughs> Yeah. A fan of it. <laughs> and, he, yeah, and he was like, hey, man, I hope we meet up someday. Or, you know, like he was very friendly, very solicitous of uh, of some conversation. And we talked a little bit, but it was in a bathroom. It was weird. Mm. And I thought to myself, well, maybe he'll come on. But, uh, hey, Howard, one 
last question. But I, you know, I want him to come on and not not, not uh, play all that new bullshit. I want to hear. I want him to bring his guitar. You know, and I want him to. We, we got to start with the first Simon and Garfunkel album and work our way through. I don't give a shit about some of the, the experimental crap he got into it later well, on. Well, you know, he doesn't want to hear that. Well, don't tell him. <laughs> I'm just saying, you keep it quiet. You keep quiet. <laughs> I, I have no problem keeping quiet. Uh, but uh, but anyway, yeah, that was it. And I always thought, well, maybe now Paul Simon will come on because I could, you know, I read his book. It's great. So does that answer your question, Kyle, about my feelings about Paul McCartney? And uh, are we are we cool? Yeah, I love his first album, and on that, I know you think Thank You is the greatest love song ever written, but where does Maybe I'm Amazed fit? It's right up there. But Thank You is so fucking good, Led Zeppelin. Oh, my God. What a song. But, yeah, I mean, right up there. Come on. McCartney, in terms of how many songs this guy played and wrote, it's it's crazy. The catalog is insane. It's it's beyond human comprehension that he could have come up with that many good songs whether he's in the Beatles or solo. It's just, it's not fathomable. How do you do that? And then you got a guy who wrote Kung Fu Fighting. That was it. He was done. Carl Douglas. <laughs> Couldn't come well, up we with another one. We were talking about the Monster Bash yesterday. Look at that. Oh, so <laughs> that many people it. wrote in. So many people wrote in. <laughs> we were talking about that. Um, hold on. I'll read you some of that. Glad you brought that up. Um, yeah, so I played uh, a whole bunch of shit of, you know, the guy who wrote Monster <laughs> Mash, Bobby Boris Pickett. I was talking about him, how, you know, it's sad. He, the guy had Monster Mash and then he tried like 50 other Monster Mashes. And it's just none of them caught on. But, uh, so we were talking about it and, and, and people like my new renditions of Monster Mash too. They enjoyed that. <laughs> Howard. I thought your Trump Mar-a-Lago raid lyrics to Monster Mash were a hit, but then you topped it with Robin's tennis match, Monster Mash. <laughs> Bravo. You are a hit maker. Yes, I am. I could you listen to Howard. worked with him. Yeah. <laughs> I could listen to Howard make up lyrics to Monster Mash on the spot all day. Dare I say Howard's 9-11 remake is better than the original Monster Mash. Thank you for that, by the way. Uh, Monster Mash charted to number one on the Billboard 100 in 1962 and number 10 in 1973. I have no doubt that after your cancer rendition of the Monster Mash, it will climb back up the charts to number one again. Yeah, we've we've always been sort of fascinated by the Monster Mash throughout the years. Uh, Richard Christie, uh, Richard Christie recorded um, a Robin-themed Monster Mash song back in 2008, if you remember that. It was called Robin's Gash. <laughs> off in bed late one night when I closed my eyes and thought of a heavenly sight. I dreamed of Robin's muff lips spread open wide. Then into her honey pot, my heart penis did slide. Robin's gash. I dreamed of Robin's gash. It's Robin's gash. I shot my load in a flash. It's Robin's gash. I'd love to pound that snatch. It's Robin's gash. I dreamed of Robin's gash. Who doesn't? But look. <laughs> Uh, a great song. And then remember, do you remember, uh, this one uh, is tough to remember, Wendy the Slow Adult 
sang her version of Monster Mash called I Had a Diaper Rash. She was shitting in a diaper. Oh, and she... I don't remember this. See? I had a rash. I had a diaper rash. I had a rash. It was all over my ass. I had a rash. My duty splash. And I didn't wash my ass. I had a rash. I had a diaper rash. Fans also sent in emails about other artists who tried running their hit song into the ground. Um, Carl Douglas, yes, had the disco era in a chokehold with the song Kung Fu Fighting. Yes. Uh, which was this song. Was and he never could recreate the magic. He, I bet he did a thing called uh, Dance the Kung Fu. Like, it, it's oh, sad, no. but yeah, never, uh, never. Just didn't have the same magic. No. Another fan wrote me, he mentioned the early 90s rap group Tag Team and their attempt to remake a hit. Hey, Howard, remember when the song Womp, There It Is? You know, Womp, There It Is by by Tag Team. They took that song and made a version about the Adams Family. (sighs) I know it sounds corny, Howard, but... You know, with the, here was the original. These three words, you busy? Whoop, is, hit me. Great song. And I guess they were like, oh, shit, we got to follow it up with something. So here's the Adams Family Womp. Oh, no. <laughs> Back again, the Adams Family. Yeah, I don't know. Not the same magic. Yeah, lightning strikes in in that place only once. (laughs) Yeah. We also played a few remakes of the Bruno Mars song, Locked Out of Heaven. Yeah. We once did a remake of that ourselves with the JD's hoot, you know, when he let you know, hoop, 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 hoop. It's JD, my boy. You think we'll ever see like Pearl Jam make a song about like Jeremy going to college or, or you know. Like, uh, <laughs> Are they going to take Jeremy and just do it over yeah. and over again with every occasion in life? <laughs> you know what um you know what uh a lot of people wrote in about debbie the cum lady mm. she called us in using a man voice she says she has an idea she couldn't she blew high pitch eric the last time for three days couldn't get him to come she got horribly frustrated but now um she's going to put on a man voice and and dress like a man yeah yes howard um well, her man voice left fans scratching their heads. Here, here's her man voice. I'll replay it for you if you didn't hear Eric, it. Shut that push. It's cracked on my throat. Eric, you're getting me so fucking hard. Keep pressing my throat nice and hard. I love sucking your balls, Eric. It's so fucking good. Explode in my mouth. One fan uh, pointed out, Howard, Debbie the Come Lady's man voice kind of sounds like a bad Eric Cartman impression from South Park. I'm a cop, and 
you will respect my authority. Shut up, push. It's cocked on my throat. Eric, you're getting me so fucking hard. Debbie's man voice sounds like Wendy's Freddy Krueger. This is Freddy fucking Krueger. Forget the man voice. If Debbie is committed to blowing high pitch Eric to completion, she may need a full on sex change operation. <laughs> That's funny. Yeah. Hey, Andy, you're on the air in Pennsylvania. What up? Hey, good morning. How are you? Hey, now. I, was, I was hysterical thinking about your time with uh, hey, Paul in the, in the bathroom. It reminded <laughs> me of the, the SNL skit, if you remember, Kevin Nealon going up the elevator with Sting. Do you remember that one? Yeah, vaguely. Yeah, I had the same vision of you rapping off Paul Simon songs to him in the bathroom, like Sting going up there with uh, Kevin Neal. Yeah. Every stop, he'd sing a song. I, I, I was really starstruck. I didn't know. You know, Paul Simon is another one of those guys. You know, he ain't a Carl yeah. Douglas kung fu fighting. This dude, I mean, album after album, especially when he was writing for Simon and Garfunkel. I mean unbelievable brilliance i don't know Everything. where that comes from jesus christ it's just um it's remarkable so you know yeah, when i, I met him I, there ain't many people i get that weirded out by but paul simon yeah. plus it was really weird paul's very short and well, I am, that's what i'm thinking about like how did that yeah work? and it's weird when you know paul's very short and i'm extremely tall i'm six five i don't know what his height is yeah but it, it gets awkward uh, whenever I meet people who are much, much, much shorter than me, and I always get this inner dialogue going like, oh, shit, he must hate me because I'm so fucking tall, you know. Well, Whoa. to your point. To I your mean, point, you know what I mean? I'm glad, I'm glad I wasn't at a urinal because I could have accidentally turned and got excited and peed in his face, you know. Well, see, the thing that, because I'm <laughs> short, I know what it's like to be around you, yeah. and you get tired of looking up. Right. Yeah, you know, like sure. you're like this all the time. We're trying to talk to you. Short people don't generally like me. Um, oh, stop it! You, you're no, it's true. That. It's true. It's true. It's true. It's it's just a thing. No, I hear it, you. Well, it's it awkward. also it also reminds me of the uh, the video with Chevy Chase. Call me out, right? Yeah, Chevy's yep. towering over Paul. It's hysterical and a great song. All right, thanks, Andy. Um, speaking of songwriters. I gotta ask Fred about this. Many fans wrote in about Fred and his new music venture. I guess a lot of our fans follow Fred on Instagram uh -huh. or wherever. I don't know what Fred. I don't. I listen. What media Let, is Fred on? Fred uh, the less the less <laughs> I know about Fred, the happier I am. The bargain honestly. basement media. Uh, hey Howard, did you check out Fred's new Instagram video? He wrote a song to accompany accompany his friend's pet bird named Echo. Did you hear about this, Robin? No, I don't know about this. Uh, Howard, this song is a unique, smart, and creative song, just like Fred. He does not get enough credit for being a musical genius. Well, no offense to Fred. I've seen no evidence. I've asked Fred to write a hit song for me. And <laughs> no evidence. I don't I mean a genius. We need more Fred and Echo collaborations. Uh, Howard, this sample is hot. Yet another example of Fred's brilliance. Rick Rubin should hire Fred for his next pet project. So here is Fred. It's weird. It's a um It's to a bird or for a bird? What's, what what kind of bird is that? Uh, Fred, what is it? A uh, parrot? That's an that's an African gray parrot. Right. And it makes a noise. What is the noise like? It's like a if you can give people some background here. 
Well, it does a, it's doing a whistle noise and then it's doing a chant. Now, uh, the best story is the one that you just invented, which is, you know, I'm collaborating with a parrot. But if truth (laughs) be told, I'm I'm collaborating with the parrot's owner and the collaborator has that parrot. The parrot sits in the room and it mimics just about everything. And it heard this song and heard the song has whistling in it and a chant. And the bird liked it and was very inspired and to decide to uh, duplicate it. Wow. Well, here is Fred. Hearing. Here's Fred. Fred uh, with a parrot. <laughs> Great bird, it, by the way. It reminds me of uh, the member of that band, the metal band that recorded with a dog. With the dog. Caninus. That's what I was thinking. Yeah. Caninus. Yeah. Fred. Yeah. Fred ripping off Caninus now working with parrots. But uh, Echo has a, a much deeper uh, catalog. I thought. It, I stuff. actually thought this was really good, Fred. To be honest with you, uh, I think you. you're onto something. <laughs> See, that's the bird solo. Yes, yes. And at the end, if you hear that where he says, good boy, boo-boo, he's complimenting himself. Wow. Oh, wow. (laughs) You got to love a bird. (laughs) They cut out the part where they say, get me away from Fred the parrot. (laughs) No, we've never met face to face, but I'm looking forward to it. All right, there he is. Fred and Bird Funkel. A lot of people following Fred on Instagram with his... uh, I like that. Right. Uh, There you go. There you go. Those collaborations with animals usually get a lot of hits. Yeah, well, hopefully Fred will get a few hits. We'll see what happens. Now I know what Fred's doing uh, at home. He's collaborating with different animal species. Right. Good for him. <laughs> it's not a waste of time at all. Uh, go for you. Go for you. Go, go for, for you, you, Fred. Fred Norris. Love that guy. All right. Look, uh, what did I want to do here? Uh, yeah. Uh, Jimmy Kimmel will be by later in the show. Jimbo, what is this? Jimbo. Paul Simon's fi- five favorite songs of his own. The Sound of Silence, of course. <clears throat> the Boxer, of course. Bridge Over Troubled Water. Mm-hmm. Me and Julio down by the schoolyard. And still crazy after all these years. Yeah, I mean, hmm. good songs. Not a bad list. Not a bad list. But you know what? I, I take off me and Julio and put old friends silently staring like bookends. I'd go with that. Well, there's a lot you could pick from. Yeah. Yeah, yeah there sure is. But he's doing Jimmy show. I'm sure that'll be satisfying for him. Sat on their park bench like paper blown through the grass falls on the round toes of the high shoes of the old friend. Beautiful. All right, enough. Let's get back to me. See, that's brilliant because he's not saying anything profound there. It's just setting a scene. That's right. There you go, Robin. You know, Robin could have had a career like Quincy Jones. They used, we used to call her uh, Quincy Quivers. 
She has an ear, and you've heard her sing. She can. She's she's good. <laughs> she knows what's happening. Uh, let me take this, and then I'll take a break. Yeah, Marianne, go ahead. I haven't spoken to Marianne in a while. Oh, Howard, I love you so much, but I have some uh, critique for Jimmy Kimmel. I mean, he could have had you on all week with all of us cheering you on. He could have had. I could have been the announcer. We could have had Underdog. We could have had Wendy. I don't understand Jimmy Kimmel. What kind of friend is he, Howard? Like you are very. All right, sorry, I picked that one up. I mean, uh... yeah, what? No, who wants that? I don't want that. That sounds like a lot of work for me. Be on Jimmy's show all week? Every day? Yeah, I mean, I don't want to do that. Fashion. Bowie's written many great songs, but fashion? This isn't one of them for you? No, no. I mean, Bowie had a couple of clunkers. (laughs) Uh, Hey, Gary, who is the musician... That did the cover of Bowie's... We just put it up on Instagram, I saw. A clip. A couple of Bowie covers. There was a Sean Colvin one. There was one by a band called Dawes. Yeah. What do we tell me about Dawes? That was good. And there was another... Who's the guy who kind of like is skinny, kind of... The struts? The ones that were like doing like a Stones thing? Yeah. What what was that they did? Uh, I think it was, is that Suffragette City they did? Yeah. Uh, the Struts, I don't know the Struts, but uh, they did a nice thing for us. They came in the studio and recorded Suffragette City, and it was excellent. Their lead singer is a fucking, he's a motherfucker. Same with Dawes. Uh, what was this cover they did of Bowie for us? When did they do that? I've got questions. And so you can was- go up... I just want to mention to the audience, they can go up on the app and see all these things. We have so many, so much good content. Uh, give me some background. Uh, Dawes played All You Pretty Things. Yeah. All You Pretty Things. I, I thought they did a nice job. And these are songs that are not easy to cover. I mean, you could fuck these up pretty easily. What's the story on Dawes? Give me some background on them. I don't know anything. You know anything? Looking, you don't know anything. No. Well, who the fuck around here knows something? Well, I'm so glad he admitted that. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I like that he did, but somebody must know something around here. Steve, you know anything? Brandano, he's a big uh, music guy. He's a guy who talks about all this, Howard. Oh, okay. So where is Steve? Oh, there he is. Hey, Howard, I don't have a good microphone set up or anything, but... um, Why don't you have a microphone set up? Because I'm not usually on the air all that often. But you're on enough uh, where I, I call on you. You could get have, a good this mic. This is my first time since quar- in quarantine that I'm on there. But it's nice to see you and nice to talk I'll to you. I'll tell you what. I would, yeah. uh, I'd have you on more. But uh, you don't know. You're a little bit shy. Your microphone I, sucks. I am shy. Yeah, I am I shy. think you're a funny guy. And when Steve's talking okay. about uh, like Largo, I think that's good oh, stuff. yeah. Right. The uh, lead singer of Dawes is married to Mandy Moore. Um, she oh, talked no about shit. Him when she was oh, on the show. okay. Yeah. yeah. They, they came in. Uh, th- this was all for that Bowie special that we put together years ago. I think it was 2018. And we resurfaced the video last week. Uh. So, uh, th- but those, the guys from Dawes, they came in, two takes. Didn't like, they hardly said anything. They came in, banged it out, and just walked out of the studio. It was pretty, it was pretty cool. They are, uh, that's talent. Good. What's the lead singer's name who's married to Mandy Moore? Oh boy. I do not know. Guys from okay. Dawes, you know. Dawes. Well, hey, 
He's got a good life. Mandy's an earner. I always, uh, you know, he can go out and do his rock star thing. And by, by the way, he's very talented. But, you know, when you got Mandy Moore bringing home the bacon, you don't have all that pressure on you. Yeah, I was just <laughs> reading about them. I can't remember his name. Uh, Taylor well, Goldsmith is his name. Okay. Taylor Goldsmith. Because she was like running around on tour with them. But I think she might be pregnant or something. And I think she had to go yeah. home or something. Yeah. Knocked her up. <laughs> I would like to have sex with me. And if knock I was a single man, get her out of there. Yeah. If I was a single man, I would like to be uh, the lead singer of Dawes and knock up Mandy Moore. That sounds like a good life to me, honestly. That sounds like a real decent life. Mandy Moore banging her. You could do something with that, right? <laughs> It'd like be like, hey, honey, what are you doing today? Oh, I'm going to go film uh, This Is Us. I have a big scene. Oh, yeah, great. Go have a good day, hon. See you later. Ka-ching. Ka-ching. <laughs> See you later when I fuck you and get you pregnant. <laughs> and I'm going to go, I, I'm going to go uh, practice uh, all you pretty things with uh, my band. Not a bad life. The good, uh, play a little. Do I have that? I guess, I guess I don't. But I was enjoying, oh, here it is. Yeah, it does. Oh, you pretty thing. You know, it's funny. When I heard that Mandy Moore, when we had her on the show, and I'm a fan of This Is Us, and, you know, she said, yeah, I married the lead singer of Dawes. And I'm saying to myself, oh, I never heard of this fucking guy. <laughs> you know, don't you get it, Mandy? This guy's living off your dime. As little did I know, she's actually married to a really talented guy. Yeah, yeah. I didn't know. I thought he was some schlub, you know. You know, there's a lot of hot chicks. I see they're married to, like, quote-unquote rock and roll guys. And then you're like, you can't even find a credit. Or rock this, and roll or rap. And, you, you know, yeah, it's yeah. just like, I, you know, <laughs> more of these rap names. I'm like, what? Who? But this dude's very good. living off her dime anymore no no i assumed he, you know i just assumed she married some schlub but uh no that guy's got talent and then some 
she was wooed by that. And Steve, what's the story on this guy from the Struts, the lead singer? He's very intriguing. What's Who's he deal? married to? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I don't know. He's, he's British. Uh, he's actually there's the other um, Taylor Hawkins tribute is tonight. He's he's yeah. involved in that, so you'll see him there. He just did the British one. Um, they're a pretty big deal with younger people, mm. uh, but yeah, they're they're a UK rock band. Yeah, yeah, I like their version of Suffragette City, and the dudes the dudes sort of charismatic, like uh, fun to watch. What's his name? The lead guy in the Struts, Luke. Luke what? Luke Luke? Luke no, Luke Spiller. No. Spiller. Lukey Lukey. Balls on hooky. <laughs> <laughs> what a Luke Luke. Luke Luke is fucking good, man. I, I dug this. Luke. Luke Spiller. Talented guy. I was, you know, I'm in the middle of reading Jan Wenner's book. Jan Wenner oh. was the guy who published Rolling Stone. He was the guy who created the the magazine Rolling Stone. And I'm reading his book, and it's really interesting to me. You know, it's sort of you get the feeling like, you know, rock is dead. Basically, that's one of the things that comes out of the book. It ain't what it was. Rock and roll is, you know, rock and roll is going the way of jazz. It's like, well, hey. rock and roll used to move the meter. Yeah, boy, for me, it still does. But anyway, uh, you know, he's writing about all this stuff. But then I'm reading. This was unbelievable. But you know the guy who manages Bruce Springsteen, John Landau? Uh-huh. I, I think it's the same John Landau. But in the book, Jan is saying, who, oh, by the way, I learned his name's not Jan. It's Jan. And uh, he really? added an extra N. Yeah, he added an extra N to his name. So we're supposed to call him Jan? Well, no. I mean, what a move, huh? Like, your name, you're born with the name Jan Wenner, okay? Yeah. And he's like, fuck this. You know, this is what you tried to do, changing your name to Ophelia, and you couldn't pull it off. But, like, he just, like, at a young age went, you know what? Jan is such a boring name. He added an extra N, and somehow everyone bought into calling him Jan. I mean. So I should have added uh, an E to the end of Robin and become Robin. I don't know. <laughs> I don't know what you should have done. You, and I know Fred wanted to be called Eric and all that yeah, bullshit, but um, yeah. he pulled it off. And I'm like, because a move from Jan to, you know, when you have a family and your you, the parents name you Jan, how do you get everyone to start calling you Jan? And and how do you come up with that? I mean, it's brilliant. And how do you start answering to that? I mean, if you've right. been answering to Jan your whole life, when people are looking for Jan, you don't know to turn around. Yeah, it's weird. It's a weird move, but he did it. But anyway. He's talking about when he started Rolling Stone, he hired a guy named uh, John Landau. So I'm assuming it's the guy who now is Bruce Springsteen's guy. Uh-huh. And he describes that this John Landau had a tremendous sense of uh, music. He had a tremendous library of, uh, you know, he was very intellectual, had a tremendous library of rock information. And when he wrote, he was a very good writer, but he was one of these guys who was uncompromising. Like he said to Jan, you want me to work for your magazine? Now, mind you, he was nobody. You want me to work for your magazine? I want this. I want that. You can't edit my stuff and blah, blah, blah. You know, like, don't ask. All kind of thing. Anyway, Jan hires him. 
because Jan was good at finding writing talent. Rolling Stone, one of the greatest creations on earth. It's such a great magazine. And in its heyday, it was like a Bible of rock. And, and it was um, that was amazing because rock wasn't considered anything uh, highbrow or should be written about. And yeah. this was amazing that he got great writers and great reporters right. to follow around rock bands. Exactly. And I like the only uh, like rock kind of newspaper that was around at that point, I think was Crawdaddy, but I'm not sure. But anyway, he hires John Landau and John Landau wrote a review of Cream's first album. Cream, Eric Clapton, Jack Bruce, Ginger Baker, one of the greatest bands of all time. And evidently Landau eviscerated the band like they mm. wrote a horrible review of that first album. I think the first album was Disraeli Years, but I might be wrong. Anyway, according to Jan's book, the review was so devastating to Eric Clapton. The review just fucking ripped them a new asshole. That that's the reason Cream broke up. Clapton was destroyed by this thing and wow. could not bear it. And I was saying to myself, that's horrible. First of all, Cream was one of the greatest bands in the world. I always felt like they broke up too soon. That combination of Jack Bruce and Eric Clapton and Ginger Baker was brilliant. And I started finding myself getting mad at John Landau. And then I said, why am I mad at John Landau? John Landau, that was just an opinion. He just what wrote the an fuck? article, right? Right. I go, wait a second. What the fuck is wrong with Eric Clapton that this guy doesn't believe enough in his band that he's going to let one guy fuck up his whole scene? You got to be kidding me. What insecurity lives inside of Eric Clapton? But then I said to myself, you know, I get all fucked up with this Internet and people, you know, criticizing me and my shows and you're not good and you suck and you blah, 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 blah. So anyway, I thought that was interesting. I think Fresh Cream was the first album and then Disraeli Gears was second because I think I got turned on to them when Disraeli Gears came out. For me, it was the first album. Because I didn't know about Fresh Cream. But listen to these fucking guys. And I, I don't know what John Landau's on. What does I mean, John what? Landau think now? Uh, I don't know. I wish I could interview him. Never mind Bruce <laughs> Springsteen. Let me talk to John Landau. <laughs> anyway, uh, so I'm reading the book and I'm getting into it. And I said, I got to have Jan on. I, if anything, if Jan can just come in here and tell me how he switches his name from Jan to Jan. <laughs> That's interesting. Yeah, because believe me, I try to switch my name from Howard, the worst fucking name on the planet. I clearly, I, I'm thinking about becoming Jan Stern. Uh, <laughs> but, uh, yeah, so he's going to come in and uh, explain a couple of things about rock and roll to us. Okay. But, uh, yeah, but John Landau went on to leave Rolling Stone and work with Bruce Springsteen. And... I guess he's his manager. I don't even know. Jan will clear it all up. But how about that story? That's a good fucking story. Yeah, you know, I have my mixed feelings about Clapton now. It's hard for me to even hear him talked about. It's I like he's Roger Waters to me. <laughs> yeah, I know. Me too. But <laughs> I was just reading that he's on the new Ozzy album. Ozzy has an album coming out. And Clapton contributed to it, and so did Taylor Hawkins. Well, Ozzy, uh, I heard a new song, and it was pretty good. Yeah? Yeah, I was surprised, because, you know, you think, Jesus Christ, Ozzy's, what is he, 70s now? How, how good could that be? And he's but also he, not doing all that well, you know, no. his, his health is not great. It was good, though. 
Rossi's indestructible. It's unbelievable. Like, who is more of a miracle, Keith Richards or Ozzy Osbourne? I mean, come on. What well, are we at talking this about? point, uh, I think Keith is winning the incredible yeah. race. Sean Colvin did Heroes. Let me just hear. Yeah, this was good, Love too. Sean's voice. Oh, my This God. is amazing. What a voice. Yeah. But anyway, this is all up on the app. I We have it up there. Um, you should really check it out. Yeah. He will be king. Yes, honey, sing it to me, please. She's singing right to me. Yes, we could, darling. All three of those covers are up there. Mm. Check it out. Um, hey, there's, there's something about me when I find something good. Uh, there's a David Bowie covers collection on the Howard page on the app. I just want you to know that. But a, a couple of things. Uh, first of all, I find something good. And it, 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 I don't know what it is about me. When I find something good, it's always out of either print or out of uh, stock or the company goes out of business. Or, I was looking, Or they change it. Yes. I told you, I was on the Internet. Looking to buy my wife Reese's Pieces uh, chocolate with peanut butter, either pretzel or marshmallow in it. Mm-hmm. And I'm I'm searching around and I find a bag of um, uh, chocolate with uh, mini cups and peanut butter and marshmallow. And I look at the bag. It says Asher's chocolate mini cups, peanut butter and marshmallow. And that's what I was looking for. Peanut butter and marshmallow and chocolate. She likes that. I was looking for her because I because you know what? She gets really turned on when I think of her and I well, do something like nice this. Well, that's a nice thing. <laughs> yeah. And I'm smart that way. I, you know, so I was like, you try to think of her every once in a while. So I ordered, I, I got her all the Reese's stuff, but I said, let me order a bag of this for Asher's. I never heard of it. Well, the fucking box comes. It's a huge box refrigerated. It's got one bag of Asher's. It's a little tiny bag. But and there's a big about, box with refrigerated stuff. Oh my in God. It oh that. my God. Oh, that's it hysterical. It was the biggest, I, I, I single-handedly destroyed the environment with one order of this stuff. But it came and, um, and it was, my wife ignored Reese's. She didn't give a fuck about it. She wow. keeps eating the Ashers. Because she really liked that Reese's. Yeah. But she loves these Asher's mini cups. And every night I said, honey, why don't you, do you eat the Reese's with the pretzel? No, no, no. I'm going to have these. These are good. <laughs> So I thought I was proud of myself. I found this. I found it on the internet. What about that? So I went back on the great. Yeah, I went back on the website. I order five bags. Now she's going to be up to her ass in uh, these mini cups. She'll never run out. Never run out. Ass streaks. Get a note back. Sorry, there are no more Asher's mini cups. They're out of business. Well, well something they stopped making them. I said, isn't that something? They're probably making these things for a hundred years. I discover them. And My wife they stop. Them. How <laughs> sad is that? This is the this is the unfair quality of life. It is so fucking weird. And, and, I'll, I'll tell you what's great about it, you know, because when you find something, you like you find something 
you know, you see your wife or someone you love like something. Yeah. And then you discover something they like even more. Yeah, and it was sort of like my big uh, thing with her. You know, I go, That's yeah. That's what I'm saying. Like, you, it really yeah. puffs you up. Like, well, look at what I did. So I broke the news to her. I said, listen. Uh, that's be out anymore. you better eat your reese's and <laughs> like it so you know i went from hero to zero but well not my i mean fault. don't give up your search you might find some i don't know no, what happened there no and it's you gone. know what if what? it's out of business i don't want like i don't want to get some old bag off the internet yeah, that's yeah, the yeah, thing like, about food you don't want yeah. old no food hey let me give you a little phony phone call action because everybody loves it um so we made another phony phone call to the world's strangest internet radio program. I've, I've deemed this show the weirdest thing I've ever heard on the internet. And I've heard some weird shit, but, uh, this is called the mother show. You guys who are regular fans mm. know about this. It's a new age spiritual program hosted by a woman named Tara and her co-host is mother. We're pretty sure mother is a man and. They both have far-out beliefs about secret alien governments and strange homeopathic remedies. And the last time we called them, we called them with drops of me doing an impression of my mother. And they suggested we take her to a health food store and, and basically to help her commit suicide. But <laughs> do you remember the call? I'll give you a little taste before I play the new one. Here's the old call. Hello, Ray. I want death. Oh, that is up to you. I was just going to say, go to a health food store. They know a lot about helping people to leave. Believe me. What? What are you, what are you saying? To leave, to, to make her Health exit, transition. make her transition and go to the other side. So I'll she die. doesn't have to live here anymore. If, the, what? if she wants to leave, that's okay. Fucking nonsense, hippie horse. <laughs> we should probably be on our way. Oh, mother. Anyway, they were real upset. So, that, so it's a man, baby. Because this is our favorite internet show and we love Mother, we created our own Mother fan club. This is complicated, so pay attention. We created a Mother fan club, and the club consists of people we think sound like Mother. We used our Leon Spinks tapes, Frankenstein <laughs> tapes, Elephant Man tapes, and Schmeagle from, you know, Gollum wow. from Lord of the Rings. We used those tapes. It's very complex. And we wanted to see if Mother could find a way to communicate with them, even if we, you know, played them tapes that are impossible to understand. <laughs> um, so it, it, the plot thickens. We said we were calling from a brain injury ward at a local hospital because we wanted it to be believable. And here it is. What can I say? We can't get enough of this Mother. I'm thinking about giving her her own show. She's so good. But here we are. Mother gets a call. From uh, Leon Spinks, Frankenstein, Elephant Man, and Schmeagle from Lord of the Rings. And um, the Mother Fan Club. We invoked the laughing images of St. Germain and the Violet Lane. Mother, we have someone. Sarah, you're on line one. Hello, Tara. Hello. 
Greetings. Well, I just want to let you know, I volunteer at the local hospital here in the brain injury unit, and I'm here with a group of folk. They love Mother. Oh, Something great. about her voice they identify with, and we form the only official Mother fan club. Thank you. And we're all here right now. You are. Yeah, and I think it'd be so healing for them and therapeutic if they could speak to their idol, mother. They Wonderful. just want to meet her. Greetings. Okay, this gentleman here, his name is Leon. Hi, how you doing? Hello. Okay. I'm going to do the best I can. Come on now. <laughs> Hmm. Well, thank you. Is there something Mother can do to help you? Um, yes. Okay. It's time to just... It's time for us to go. Well, no, Terry, you have to stay around. For what? This, this guy's a huge fan. His name's Frank. I understand, but we have to... <laughs> Yes. Thank you, Frank. Thank you. Mm. Namaste. <laughs> it's time for us to go. We need to oh, go. Hang on. Leanne's picking up the phone again. No, no. no you need to be stopped from being on this show. Oh, hang on. Here comes another one of your fans, Joseph. Joseph Merrick. No. 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 Joseph. Oh, yes. Okay, no. one at a time, fellas. It's like a zoo over here. Yes. I am not an animal. Oh, oh yeah. Well, oh, hang on. This guy's here. Mr. Smeagol's grabbing the phone. No. Yeah. Oh, mother. Now, come on, fellas. Don't, don't make me get the cattle prod. What? Is going on. All right, that's it. Hello. <laughs> oh, dear. What happened? Yes, Mother, the uh, we had an assortment of interesting visitors tonight. Hmm. Back to you, Mother. What we could say when souls make choices to go down the dark side, there comes a time where justice is served. <sighs> Remember who we are, everyone. Remember. I got it. I'm I'm really thinking they need a bigger platform. We got to put them on our air. Like, put, I was give them a show. Say, you know, they could be a great replacement for Riley. We haven't yeah. had like some otherworldly kind of broadcast uh, going on here. Well, I'm thinking like a Sunday night on Howard 101. Our fans would have a field day with that. <laughs> How many guys do you think would call up and just go? Hello, what's doing? I mean, it would be because people used to love to call Riley and bust his balls. Yeah. And, uh, you know, just fucking torture him and get him to read, you know, shout outs that were weird, like Willie Fister gash <laughs> stuff like that. 
Willie uh, Fistergash. Willie Fistergash sends a shout out. Uh, Riley, we think that's you, a joke. Jasso. A huge <laughs> asshole. You just You just so. <laughs> he loved well, that he thought he was uh, actually getting messages from people who listened. Yeah, yeah. We had some crazy ones, but those two sound like it would be kind of fun. Hello. I Hello. wonder what they look like, you know, like I'm sitting here trying to picture them. I know the woman looks like Man- Angelina Jolie, and I think Mother uh, <laughs> looks like... um Brad Pitt, so. <laughs> dead ringers. Anyway, there you go. There's um, Mother Fan Club, we call that uh, phony phone call for your listening pleasure. Uh, we'll take a break, and then I'll talk to Jimmy a little bit, because there's plenty to talk to Jimmy about, Robin. I Kimble, mean, what can I Kimble. tell you? I've missed Jimmy and look forward to hearing his voice. Anybody care that Bobo had a... A health scare. He thought he had a heart attack. He's been on the phone for three days with this. Is this for real? No. Or, you know, did he eat know. something and have heartburn? You want to let him say something and then I'll take a break? Go or? ahead and I'll see, you All know, right. if he's lying to us again and overblowing. Oh. No, no, Robin. I was in the hospital for like six days. What happened what? is I had two eat. I was in the hospital for six days. Mm. I went to friggin' hell. And, uh, yeah, John Blood has the pictures. And what happened is that I had two EKGs a month apart, and they said my most recent one showed that I had an episode. So I said, can you clarify what an episode is? Yeah, a silent heart attack. I go, what? So I went to the hospital. They took all this blood work. They ended up doing a cardiac catheterization. You know, they sent that flexible tube up through my right arm. And uh, I always had 30% for the last 30 years. And he said, because of my workout regimen, I'm still at that 30 to 40 percent. So he didn't do no. Stinting. All right. I, I, I got to go. I mean, my, no re- my regiment, my regiment. You know, it was. Oh, I love regiment. you. I, but. Yeah. Uh, no, it was scary. Howard. I'm just t- telling you the whole thing. If it was that scary, why do you call John Blit and then 911? Why don't you call 911? No, 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 no. I was already in the hospital. And I told him, because John says, what's, what's up? And I said, I'm in the hospital. Oh, all right. How come they had to keep you for six days and they didn't do anything? Because I had um, a cloggage for the last, you know, almost 30 years, Robin. So, you know, they wanted to check out to make sure I wasn't. You had a cloggage? Cloggage. (laughs) That's a medical term. Cloggage. I'm like, give me what's going on. Well, first of all, I'm very disappointed at Bobo. Before he went in for the catheterization, I wanted him to record a goodbye message just in case he died. And he wouldn't do it. So I'm very disappointed at his lack of commitment to the show. That's right. number one. And then right. he was sending me disgusting pictures of tubes in his arm and in his leg and, you know, unsolicited. But I'm happy he's alive. But, he, you know, he had no mobility in his right arm, right? And he's, you're not ambidextrous. Is that right, Bobo? Right. I'm not ambidextrous where I can use the right arm. All right, arm. listen, the two of you, it's called ambidextrous. I, I thought, thought it was ambidextrous. I thought it was ambide- ambidextrous. <laughs> Amish dextrous. Amish dextrous. Yeah. But Amish Boba, dextrous. your, your oh wife told God. the doctor right. that she was scared that you were you could you were nervous that you wouldn't be able to write for your show, right? Yeah, because I had that that piece on my lap, like a board on my right hand after you did the uh, incision. 
because they said I could have bled out if they would oh, Well, I'm glad you're alive. Thanks, Bobo. Okay. Yeah, he can tell a story. I mean, he <laughs> apparently he almost died and he made that boring. I want to jump out the window. I'll tell you that. All right. Thank you, Bobo. I've got to wipe these questions before I die. Iced tea or hot tea? Glass or AstroTurf? Beavis or Butthead? You need an arm for that, yeah. Sure do. (laughs) All right, thank you. Listen, let me tell you about and uh, Jimmy Kimmel, longtime friend of the show, and uh, certainly a great guy. One of my favorites, of course. One of the few people. One of the few people allowed to, uh, you know, have carte blanche on this show. Also, one of the few people ever to come into my home and actually be invited and stay here with his wife and kids. Uh, as recently as this summer, there he is, looking handsome looking. as ever. Also very <laughs> official, you know, behind his desk. Yeah. Uh, yeah, in brought Brooklyn. in my yeah. my desk from the stage here in Brooklyn so I could sit at it. Yeah, it's really <laughs> cool. It beautiful. Yeah, I love How it. Doing? I love it. I'm doing all right. How you doing? I'm doing well. How are you, Robin? I'm good. It's good to see you. It's good. I can't actually see you. I'm sorry, but I do see Howard's beautiful face. And I have to say, Howard, you look really good. You look, uh, you're glowing. I'm glowing because, you know, I'm at my happiest because, uh, you know, I have it. This is your happiest? Yeah, this is my happiest. (laughs) You know, I'm happy. You know, I am so jealous of Jimmy because Jimmy has figured out a way to function in this uh, world of COVID. Uh, For me, it's still going on and I haven't left my house. Uh-huh. And I really, I can't figure out how to integrate myself, but, uh, Jimmy, Jimmy came out here uh, this summer, stayed with me for a couple of days. How many days were you here? I don't even remember. I think it was four days. Four days. Four days. Yeah. He brought uh, his beautiful wife, Molly, and the kids, and we hung out. You and- even let the kids in the house? I'm sure. Well, <laughs> let me tell you how this works. <laughs> Jimmy and his children and Molly were tested before they left Los Angeles. <laughs> they flew out here. They were tested again as well, soon as they as soon as twice. they got off the plane. Twice, 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 yes. twice. Yep. twice. <laughs> Two different tests as soon as we yep. got off the plane. And I remember saying, like, so we hadn't really figured out what the plan would be if we tested positive. <laughs> I guess we go back on the plane, yeah, and go home. Well, Beth says to me, "What are we going to do if one of them?" Test positive. I said, uh, uh, we made that clear. Uh, they got to go home. I don't want wow. them here. and uh, Or let them go find a hotel. I don't know what to tell them to do. Uh, right. This is it. Uh, they got to be careful. And, uh, I mean, we did have a, a, you know, we do have a bit of a guest area. We thought we could quarantine yeah. you guys in there for a while until we could get you a flight out of here. So uh, <laughs> that was the plan, honestly. I you have to be been honest. Locked in. <laughs> Part of me was kind of hoping it might happen because of how funny it would have been. <laughs> but I mean, we had a nice time, and even like though you were tested like three times, and and everything, I got to admit, I was still nervous. I, you know what it is? Here's what happened. For me, I've been locked up so long, and I haven't gotten COVID. I'm yeah. afraid that I'll be the one asshole who gets COVID and I'll die, even though right. no one seems to be dying that much. I mean, there are people still dying from COVID. Uh, you know, I just read yeah, a good an number. article. A yeah, good like number 500 of people. 500 a day, right? Yeah. Yeah. 500 a day. It's not like I'm completely uh, nuts. It's 400 a day. Come on. All right. Whatever but- it is. That's still too many. <laughs> and Howard, you know, I'm not going to be the guy. I- I'm not going to be the one to talk you out of your cocoon. 
Right. Because I, I just don't want that responsibility. I don't want to be the one who talks you into into entering the world again. And then, God forbid, you get COVID. And and I know that's probably the end of our relationship. But um, but I do want to say that you're eventually going to have to come out. Right. Why? Why, though? You know, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to tell you, I'm not even making a joke, Jimmy. Yeah. OK. I'm thinking about Why? it. The, the one thing, like my wife says, hey, I used to love to get dressed up and we go out to dinner. And I admit, I enjoy that, too. I like going to dinner. Uh, Jimmy invited me to dinner for, uh, one of the nights, Friday or Saturday. You know, he's in town and he, there's a right. nice group of people that are going to get together. And Jimmy included me. Molly invited me. I think and, Molly and Beth cooked up the plan. I would never think to ask you to come come out. I wouldn't. I just wouldn't well, do it. Can I tell you something? I don't yeah. even know if you know this. Oh, so I'm sitting with Beth. Beth was like really upset. She goes, I can't believe Jimmy and Molly are in town and we're not going to see them. Like, like Beth gets really upset when she doesn't see you guys. And right. She, you know, so we're talking and Beth says to me, what if we had them over our apartment? for uh dinner we'll we'll bring in some great food from a great restaurant and we'll bring everyone over all the people you invited over to our apartment i go that is a wonderful idea let's do that that way you know i i don't i don't i don't want my first outing to be in an indoor restaurant in manhattan with millions of people around at a table with a bunch of people all probably have covid I I don't you know I don't want it. So Beth, I have to say this is not an outing when you don't go out. It's not. It's an inning. It is not an outing. But wait a second. It would mean us coming into the city to see you guys. I said gotcha. to Beth, look, okay. I'm not even that. I said, are we going to test everyone who comes into the apartment? No, you got to loosen up. We can't test everyone. I said, all right. Look, is is Jimmy? It, Jimmy and Molly are great, but are they that great that I have to sit there and risk getting COVID? I mean, but to my wife, you are that great, okay? She thinks you guys are the greatest. I like you. She loves you. So yeah. I'm like, I'm were like, okay. Were you thinking of opening windows when all these people were in so that oh. it would still? Oh. oh, my God. Are you kidding? The people would have fallen out the window. <laughs> I said, so I said to my wife, put together a PowerPoint presentation to convince me. How's this all going to work? <laughs> but, but, but in all seriousness, so Beth writes to Molly, Hey, what right. if we have dinner over at the apartment? Molly went dark, never answered crickets. Beth. Oh, it, crickets, really? crickets. Yeah. Yeah. Cause I guess Molly doesn't want to come to our apartment and felt funny about it. I said, if Jimmy huh. knew this, Jimmy would blow his fucking stack. Because well, I'm Jimmy's hero. I know and Jimmy a little only... bit. I know a little All bit right. about this, and I, I would. Uh, I'm being perfectly honest with you. I, I'd be, I'd be delighted to do that. I think Molly's thinking that there's going to have to be that there are other people that we've already invited to dinner, and then they're going to have to go through a whole, um, you know, the whole that whole Our process, yeah, yeah. Um, <laughs> you know, <laughs> and, and that it might be seen as as invasive in some way or something so i don't know i'm surprised that they haven't discussed this but i i did say to molly i'm not going to be the one i'm not convincing howard to to do anything ever i i right. will present things i'm happy to be a part of it if um if it works out but i'm not going to twist your arm right, into coming right, out of the world right i Poor don't Beth. think that's good i think you need to make this decision on your own and yes i know but Beth. jimmy should i really is is dinner with i know who you're inviting of nice people yeah. but are they that great that i gotta go and uh, but that's my first outing to go into a manhattan restaurant where everyone is indoors no masks i mean 
I don't Who see Who is it. great enough? Who is great enough? No one. Oh. No one. No one is that great. I like my life. I don't want to have brain fog and long-term COVID. I don't want it. I don't want Jimmy, it. Jimmy, you have seen Howard more than I have. Yeah, yeah and that's I true. have not seen him since the pandemic started. You might never see him again. You know, I, I, I said think to that Howard, could be true. Howard, you want to know something? Well, Go ahead, say it, Jimmy. You say I hope you, you don't mind me sharing this, but I we had a conversation, and I said to Howard, when do you imagine? I had like 87 questions for you when I got to your house. When do you imagine will be the next time you go to Nobu? And do you remember what you said to me? No. In a very serious way, you said five years. <laughs> <laughs> and I started laughing. And I wasn't kidding at all. Is five years from now would be your next meal in a restaurant. Right. And you want to know something, Jimmy? And I'm not saying this to be funny. I'm not being facetious. Uh, I'm so happy. Right. This is my dream. You know, I used to read about the life of Howard Hughes, who went completely bonkers at the end of his life. <laughs> he stayed in a hotel and he had tissues everywhere so that he wouldn't get any germs. Yeah. I'm I'm happy. You know, yeah. I don't miss eating out in a restaurant that much, to be honest with you. I swear right. to God, I just don't miss it that much. Nobody's I mean, yeah. supposed to miss things. They're supposed to enjoy things. But oh, is that's it a good worth point, Robert? Yeah, but Robert. but is it Robert? You can try it, Robert. She did change her name. That's true. You finally uh, outed Robert. Did you have something done um, while we were gone, Robert? <laughs> Robert. But no, no here's my, here, and here's the other, by the way, I should, as long as we're talking about everything. Yeah. So Jimmy comes to my house. We had a great time. I think, I, I love Jimmy. I had Molly. a great time. I always wonder if you did have a great time or if then there's an analysis afterward. No analysis whatsoever, analysis whatsoever. Afterwards, I was so happy, and I also wish you had stayed longer. Oh, but see, then, we always make it a point to try to stay shorter, so it ne we never get to that point where you're like, oh, these no, people need to leave. We, we love you guys. We really do. We really do, just as a friendship. Forget the, uh, you know, it's nice for me, too. Jimmy and I talk about other people in show business and put them down together. Um, <laughs> and it's really great. We talk about how fucked up people are. It's really, he's my kind of guy. Oh, he knows God. how to mix it up. He knows how to be negative. Um, anyone, <laughs> the more negative you are, the more I'll like you. But it's it's a funny thing. You know, I was really worried. Beth said to me, do you think Jimmy and Molly had a good time? Beth's very concerned about this. Oh. I said, listen, what's not, I mean, we had a great time. We had great meals. We, we walked together. We had great conversation. We had, you know, we had people over. Don't ask. We did everything nice. Let me ask one question. So but, when you're not going to restaurants. You're not, you know, doing anything like that. So every meal is at home. That's right. Yeah. And. And so I, I just look, think about the construction of the day. Like, how much time do you think you need to spend with Jimmy because you're not letting him out of the house? Or does Jimmy, Jimmy can't leave the house because you won't let him back in, right? No, Jimmy, uh, like Jimmy wanted to see Jimmy Fallon. And I said, well, uh -huh. you're not going there. If you go there, you're not coming back here. <laughs> <laughs> He's got kids who I'm sure, you know, the, the children get COVID like crazy. Jimmy Fallon has probably had COVID, I mean, probably 20 times already, because this guy doesn't slow down. And I said, and I don't know what his wife's doing. I said, go. Be fr be fr I said, and I even said to Beth, you got to tell them. It's their last day here is the day they go see Jimmy Fallon. <laughs> I, he, so, I didn't have to be told that. I understood that completely. And, right. But more well, importantly, but, really, but wait, I this is the important make point. You crazy. Wait, but wait yeah. a second, Jimmy. Here's the point. Go ahead. So 
Molly, your beautiful wife, who I love, probably love more than you, Molly, <laughs> um, um, Nancy Fallon, and Beth, they were emailing, I guess, there's something about they were going to get together, blah, blah, blah. And then somebody emailed, Nancy Fallon accidentally CC'd Beth. And it turned out that the Kimmels, when they're at my house, I found out, feel there are too many rules. I got, uh, I wasn't supposed to oh. read this email. Yeah. Oh, so I think well, Jimmy, Jimmy does, you can be honest with me. I'd like to yeah. know because I like yeah. feedback. You feel there are too many rules in my house. So probably it's a drag thing at my place. And by the way, this, you know, I'm Jimmy's hero. And the, yeah. the point is you should never spend time with your heroes. You start to see that they're not so great. And I think well, this is the crack, right? Jimmy, be honest. Well, since too many being rules. honest, I'm going to yeah. throw Molly under the bus. I think the rules bother me. The rules amuse me. I mean, I am highly amused by the rules but i think molly would like to go to like the store when she's right. in town i'm fine sitting around i i mean that's why we're there i'm not necessarily interested in shopping right. but um you know i think molly sometimes is like oh i'd like to take the kids to fill in the blank and um i in general have no interest in taking the kids anywhere so uh <laughs> that works out well for me look the kids had the beach i felt they had the pool yeah. they had the meals pool. Uh, toys. For the kids, their toys that Beth bought them, all kinds yeah. of things. To yeah. go shopping in town for fucking 20 minutes and risk an <laughs> infection is crazy in my mind. And, you know, I'm glad you're being yeah. honest because, yeah. you see, this is what happened. When people people really don't want to be at my house, I'm telling you, it's not it's not well, what, that's not what the exact rules were. I mean, how, Robin, how, I, I don't know. There, wait a second. Well, Jimmy, that's what yeah. I said. Yeah. Uh, what Robin is saying, I said to my wife, I go. You gotta be kidding me! There are too many rules. I said, "What rule? I can't no, think of a I don't, rule." I don't think that's I, an accurate way of saying it's too many rules. I think that that it, the the thing is, when you get to the house, you cannot leave the house, right? Right. right. Well, you, during COVID, right. so yes. that's it. I mean, yeah, during COVID, so that's it, really. You know, that's that's it. Is it the structure of the meals? In other words, we no, have to plan meals. We have to have meal time, right? I like yeah. the structure. Yeah. I, I'm fine with the structure. I'm hungry all the time. I'm always ready to eat, whether it's early or not. I think it's just the, you know, the, I think that, you know, even when we were visiting during regular time, right. um, we didn't really go anywhere. And but you're free to just, go. Uh, I, I never locked you up. Right. But I think Until the idea now, yeah. that you can't go anywhere makes it more. Um, it makes you want to go somewhere more, even though you right. really don't want to go to those places necessarily. Listen, yeah. Before COVID, I'd have you and Molly over. Right. I see the two of you. You sit around like two loxes. <laughs> I don't see you guys running around. One time you went to Jimmy Fallon's house. Right. And I was right. like, go good. Get rid of you for a day. Who the fuck needs right. you here every minute? I was right. fine with that. But here right. here we were only together four days. I felt the time went very fast. I think well, Molly's I a little out of line. For kids especially, that yeah. kind of confinement it becomes very obvious to them. You know, like, right. we can't, well, we're, we're not going to no, get the, the kids car until care. it's time to leave. I don't well, think listen, the kids Robin, are little. They don't care. They, they didn't it was that's right. Those kids, believe me, they were having a better time than they do at Jimmy's house. We had a <laughs> great time. I think maybe the girls wanted to go off on their own at some point, and, um, right. and then it was like, oh, I don't think we can. And it's like, oh, yeah. maybe we should. Absolutely whatever. not. Not happening. And, <laughs> yeah, and I understand, but you also have to remember, like we didn't. 
we invited ourselves to your house. We didn't, uh, it wasn't like right. some big, big, begrudging thing. We wanted to come. We wanted to celebrate Beth's birthday and we wanted right. to be there. So and you we knew to... you would be confined. It wasn't like that was a surprise. It was yes. not. I, it was I like, said... a, it was like visiting a, uh, it's like a prison visit in a way. We came to visit <laughs> you guys and visit Beth in her solitary confinement during her birthday. Well, well, I'll you tell you what, what. I'm thinking it was like, like when that guy goes to Dracula's castle and listen, then he never gets to leave. <laughs> listen, I, I don't know what Molly's dreaming about with shopping. I mean, I don't see this woman shopping. I mean, for four days, sit there, be with your children. My, my feeling was Jimmy and Molly are a couple that work together. Mm-hmm. And they're away from their kids a lot. Let's be honest. They have to work. M- Molly's the head writer. She's, uh, you know, very, she's, she's more than the head writer. Now she's the executive producer and she works her ass. So here's four days. Let the woman sit with her children and Jimmy <laughs> sit with his children for a couple of days and get to know them after all. I mean, uh, they're not with them that much. You did and, them a favor. <laughs> fuck yeah. Of course I did. I mean, my God, I see this guy. I said, spend a couple hours with your kids. See how that goes. Get to know them a little bit. And, uh, believe me, it was very healthy. It was very, very good. How did you um, feel about having the kids there? Because we do always worry about that. Like, you know, because okay. you want to talk honestly? Yes, yes. So Beth comes to me and says, Jimmy and Molly want to be here for my birthday. She was so thrilled. She just loves you guys so much. And so do I. And you know that. And it's genuine. I mean, you're a real friend. I don't consider you a show. I, even if I, you know, even if I did something horrible, like, um, um, I don't know. Something like OJ did. I still think you would be friends you with think me. If you, well, maybe you not that. Beth, maybe he'd not still th- be your friend. He'd visit <laughs> yeah, you well, that would jail. be a deal breaker. Yeah. <laughs> uh, well, like maybe like Woody Allen did. Like maybe if I married uh, one of my, okay. uh, my my wife's kids or something. Yeah, that I could go along with. Yeah, yeah. Jimmy would be. You know, Jimmy would be like, look, I don't agree with what you did, but you know, I'm never going to stop being your. What friend. are we going to do? What are you going to do? The heart wants what the heart wants. You That's know. right. Yeah, right. But but uh, you know, listen. What happens is this. Beth comes to me. She says, Jimmy and Molly want to come out for my birthday. And I, you know, and I, I said, that's great. And we'll even have a birthday party for you. We'll invite some people. We have a few friends who live out there and, uh, we'll test them too. So everyone will be safe. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, and we, we did that. But, um, she says, Oh, they want to bring the kids. I go, what? What do you mean, the kids? <laughs> Doesn't Jimmy have all summer off? He's been with the kids enough. For four days, he he. Well, Where well, they want to bring Stash's kids? Yeah, I don't know. He's got places. <laughs> Believe me, this guy's on the move all the time. I said he's got nannies upon nannies. I'm sure. So I said, really? I don't you think it would be more fun if Jimmy and Molly just kind of came out on their own? Well, you know, they want to be with their kids. They work all the time, and this is a chance for. I'm like, okay, I guess so. I mean, I love yeah, Jane. We had the Billy. same, we had the same conversation. I was like, yeah, maybe we should, you know, leave the kids with, uh, with my parents, with your parents. It's only right. for, but Molly just, uh, it's, she's decided that the summer we have the kids the whole time. No. Oh, so that's I that. mean, wonderful. <laughs> <laughs> it was sweet. We get to listen. We get to bond with the kids. Uh, it's fun. It's fun. And uh, they but, do like you know, it. And thank God they be and they get a kick out of hearing when I'm listening to you on the radio, which now I have to be careful about uh, that. They right. know you and they know your voice. It's very strange. And Bill, you know, and it's so funny because Jimmy, I know Jimmy worries around me. He wants to make the, he's a sweet guy. He wants to make the weekend perfect. So we're sitting there, we're eating. It's a gorgeous summer day. We're eating outside. <laughs> and little Billy, who's so uh, rambunctious, let's say, yes. he comes, he comes, that first meal, we're having lunch. 
And uh, Billy walks in and goes, <laughs> you know, something like that. And he's playing some kind of game or something. And, and I see the look in Jimmy's eyes. He's like, oh, fuck. And he goes, okay, Billy. Uh, you know, and, I, and I'm like, oh, poor Jimmy. Because I know he, he knows I'm evaluating the kid's behavior. And uh, I'm, you know, Not and I'm evaluating. Kid's behavior. Yeah, Yours. now he's yeah. on My the parenting. line as a parent, right? No, yeah, I'm, evalu- I'm like, is, is, if Jimmy smacks him, I got to say something, you know. <laughs> Jimmy was like, what do you want, Bill? He was very patient. You know, Jimmy put on the whole good dad act right in front of me. It was amazing. You should have seen him. He's like, come on, Billy. Let's see what, what what's troubling you. Why are you feeling frustrated? You know, and it's like, like shut oh, up, this you is- moron. <laughs> yeah, right. This is a bunch of bullshit. <laughs> what's wrong with you? Shut up. <laughs> but. Uh, we had fun, no, but I have a feeling to even hear that Billy is rambunctious because you know his his coming into the world was so amazingly no, not only difficult. He's rambunctious, he's a little pervert. He's he's just got oh. his eye on my wife and he wants her. He's like, oh, like yeah. mom, take off your underwear so I can take pictures. He's got his, oh. you know, it's like, a, like oh my god, and, yeah, and he loves his penis. Let's be yeah, honest, he loves right? his yeah. penis. He uh, has. He now, like, if we have guests over to the house, he will exit the room and then re-enter the room with his penis out, just with his pants <laughs> down, his penis out. Well, well, Jimmy was nervous, so he starts warning me. He says, "Listen, uh, Billy's into his penis." I say, hey, "Listen, so am I. No big deal." You know, <laughs> so the sad part is the kid's got a bigger penis than I do already. And they, you know, they, they, he's, he's going to be a real ladies' man. I can tell you that. But, uh, uh, so I'm upstairs. I was going to, you know, I take a break every once in a while from Jimmy and Molly and I go upstairs to meditate. I call it meditate. It's to pass out. You know, when I have guests, I get very stressed. <laughs> so I'm walking by my window. I look out and there's, there's, uh, Billy laying on the chaise lounge naked and, uh, all, all relaxed. And I go, boy, I wish I could be that loose. That kid's got the life. You know what I mean? I've never been naked outdoors and, uh, he gets to be, but, uh, the kid's fantastic. I'm going to do my best to, uh, make him, uh, shamed of his body as the years go on and, and they'll yes, hopefully please. stop doing that <laughs> what's wrong with you your 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 testicles and penis are out <laughs> but but uh yeah i don't know it's probably the last time you'll come to my house because a year from now i mean you're already oh. i see you're going to restaurants i see yeah. i looked at jimmy's instagram he is at every pizza restaurant in manhattan he's in i went to monday people. night football last night by the way we listened to the excellent promotion you did for yeah. me with well, Joe I, Buck. Well, I have to credit Joe Buck, who really, really led that charge. It was fantastic. I mean, that's a big hey, audience. Here's the one thing I really want to know, then I'll plug the show. Yep. Are you going to see Howard Stern while you're in New York? Can you get him out of his basement and into some sort of public setting? Well, those who know Howard know that he does not like the COVID has become um, a great excuse for him to not go anywhere ever. I am hoping to see him. I am on his show tomorrow morning. Okay. Uh, that will not be in person. That will be over the magic of Zoom, but uh, I am hoping to see him, but I'm not counting on it. So, Jimbo Kimball is on tomorrow morning with Howard Stern. That is correct. Jimbo will be there. On our line is, uh, is this really Molly or is it um, a fake Molly? I want the real Molly. Is that Molly Kimmel? Jimmy's wife? The Might fact be. that the phone doesn't work oh, real. indicates that maybe it actually it's real. is. It's real. It's real. Okay. Oh. okay Molly, hi. Hi, you guys. I hi, Molly. You, and I wanted to call in. Hi, Robin. Well, listen, Molly, I'm going to tell you something. 
Molly. <laughs> oh, yes, Robert. I want you to know, you know, my wife adores you and, uh, and, and, and Jimmy, but I have the feeling, especially since I can't seem to come out of hiding, that this will be the last time you guys visit us because, you know, I understand you want to go shopping and there were too many, there were too many rules for you at my house. Now, I'll tell you what, I don't think there were too many rules at my house. I think um I think the one rule was you 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 had to stay there because of COVID. I didn't want to get COVID. That's the one rule. Other than that, I was loose as a goose. I feel Molly. I would not describe you as loose as a goose. <laughs> I would I will say that it was a wonderful trip and we will absolutely come back. I also want to say that Beth invited the kids. Jimmy and I were very stressed. Also for, we did invite ourselves. We were right, with yeah. you and we said we got to do something for Beth's birthday. We got to do something. It's a big birthday. And we basically invited ourselves to you because we knew you right. guys were not going to go anywhere. Like, we're going to, we got to be there for her. We love Beth. We love you. We need to be there for her birthday. Beth very right. kindly invited the kid. She always makes it super special for the kid. She goes way out of her way with toys and everything. It wasn't for a lack of, like, it wasn't like, oh, I need to go get, sh- I need to go shopping. What happened was Nancy Fallon has, Nancy and Jimmy had these amazing daughters who we've hung out with before. And we thought, oh, we should go over there and have a day over there with them and their dogs. It'd be fun. And then I got nervous and I said, oh, you know what? No, Let's not, not gonna do that. Happen. That's going to that's stress Howard out. See, exactly. So right. then I think what happened was Nancy responded to an email saying like, oh, did you guys escape? Like a joke. And right. then it got, uh, it got taken out of context. I was like, oh, dear Jesus. Now we're going to stress them out. Yes, oh, my God. I went a into a funk. Rules. I said, yeah, oh, you did? we get, like we oh, yeah, sooner, guys. I oh, was wow. so upset. I said, we finally know what people say behind our back and they feel yeah. we have too many rules <laughs> and we're not fun. And I said, you know, and then I got mad. I go, we gave them a great weekend. I don't understand what <laughs> the fucking problem himself is. to himself. Well, it's funny yeah. because, uh, Jimmy, I, I, we were stressed out that you guys were not enjoying us being there. I, th- I said, I think we may have stressed them out too much. Like this may have no. been too much for them. First of all, poor, you know, Beth and I are sequestered. Seeing people was fantastic. We, we get along with you guys so great. You know how I yeah. feel about you. I mean, we it's, uh, yeah, I mean, listen, but then when I read, uh, you know, we have too many rules, I said, oh, hey, you know, this is what it is. People get to know us and they see we're not fun. And you keep uh, saying us, had- like, like, we well, had yeah. a great time. We Beth also is not now fun. Know- no, it's Howard. You well, know, Beth is not fun either if she's uh, here. But, uh, we just got listen- a little bit of a taste of what it was like to be Martha Stewart when she was, you know, locked in her house arrest. It's a beautiful place. You read about house arrest. Like, that doesn't seem so bad. And then you get there and you're right. like, yeah, okay, I'd like to maybe go get a coffee. But I, I, we had a wonderful time. And we love you Good. very much. Listen, I'm going to hang up now. Leave it all right. Guys. Well, all right. since okay. everybody's being hey. honest here, I just want to say, yeah, oh, this is good. This good. is about me. All, oh, right? Okay. all right. So I found out that Jimmy and Molly were at the house. Right. And I got hurt. Oh, you got like hurt. I said, I haven't seen you in all this time. Do yeah. I get an invitation? Do I put well, any pressure on? Can I, well, where's can my, I where's my invitation to? What is it? Where's my invitation to your house? Oh, please. <laughs> yeah, really? Really? <laughs> really? Let me just and say. So, wait Robin. a minute. I, what? Yeah. 
Uh, we forced ourselves into Howard's house for Ben's yeah, birthday. I mean, it wasn't, it wasn't a million Let invitation. me just say First that, all, you know, so now I know, and Howard and I are talking on the phone, and he takes no responsibility for your being there. He says, Beth wanted them here. Yeah, I, I don't want true. them here. How do you I think that's that? true. I mean, listen, and not only that, Robin is, I don't want her going anywhere, not even to my house. She, this is a woman who is compromised with her health. I don't want her going anywhere, and nor will she ever go anywhere near me, because I don't want her exposed. I'm not going to be responsible for her death. That's it. That's never going to die. Well, I don't know. No, I, I don't. Rob, he's talking about oh, Robin, Robin, Molly. Robin. Oh, Ro- well, Robin, we love you, and we would have loved to see you. You know, we're in New York now. Let's go to a restaurant. Yeah, go see them. <laughs> oh, you want to come to she dinner going, on Friday? <laughs> she's not going anywhere. Uh, okay, let me well, tell you. Go at, I, just, I, feel, I just wanted to clear that up, but I also want to now open up to anyone who's ever had any problem with Jimmy or Howard to call in. Right. Oh, right, I also want to say, uh, just hey, Molly, uh, to did your, you your make listeners. love? Did you guys make love at my house? That's the big question. Oh. Um, yes, we did make love at your house. Yeah, yeah there you go. We did. It Aww. was so romantic for them. I put them in a beautiful room. They had the, the 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 fresh air in there, and look, they made love. They probably hadn't made made love in months, and then all of a sudden <laughs> they get around us, <laughs> and it happened. We made love right after dinner, so it was like six o'clock. We, yeah. did a pris- <laughs> we did a prison style. Let me ask you, Molly, is it so terrible to eat dinner at 6 no, o'clock? It's lovely. I mean, I it's love, good. I, I, I have to tell you, I love the meal schedule. I love it. I love having it. I like knowing when we're going to eat. I like knowing that there's cocktail hour before. I like being done with dinner at like 7 o'clock. It's great. Right. And then right <laughs> so to bed at 8 o'clock. That's it. It's yeah, like summer exactly. camp. Watching the right. Right. Out. Right. We oh need to tell one story real quick, though, because there was a... There was a great moment, and this is actually oh. our our oh, first no. visit of, uh, well, I don't know what you think I'm getting to, but this is not bad. Okay. But um, uh, the four of us are sitting around uh, on the couch, and, of course, Howard <laughs> decides it's time to go to bed. And there's a candle burning. Um, have I t- shared this story on the show? Go ahead. No. I, I, no, go ahead. No. There's some candles burning on the table. It's very nice, very yeah, beautiful. Beth and lights Howard... candles. Beth lights candles, which I don't understand, but go ahead. <laughs> he gets up. He's ready to go to bed. And of course, the three of us are still talking, but he gets up and starts blowing out all the candles while we're sitting there. And Beth says, Howard, what are you doing? We're still, we're still up. We're still talking. And he goes, <laughs> Howard says, you had enough candle. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> they did. They had a candle for hours. Oh, How much candle goodness. do you need? Uh, it's crazy. You had enough candle. Well, let me tell I you like something. It. Just a few minutes ago, you were saying there's not too many rules at the house. <laughs> but there aren't any rules. I was listen. Here's you what I was thinking. Went over your candle allowance. I'm going to be honest. You guys were all drinking. I don't drink. I'm yeah. saying these nutnicks, my wife included. <laughs> Are sitting here, they all look wasted. I am going, I am going to blow out these candles because I remember Ozzy Osbourne's house burned down because of a candle that is what they're going to forget to blow out the candles. I don't need the aggravation. So I, I politely got up and blew out the candles and I try to explain that. Yes, you had enough candle, and who's going to blow out these candles? You guys are all drunk. And Beth goes, I'm going to blow them out. I go, no, you're not. No, you're not. And it was enough conversation. It was time for bed. It was enough. You all got the hint. Did that break up everything? 
Oh my god! No, they stayed up all night. That's what See, they this do. is the thing. It's not. This we is not about wild. COVID. We re- we re- we relit the candle. This is not about COVID for you, Howard. This is this is about something else entirely. I think, and I wonder what your psychiatrist says about it because I do think you're using. He thinks I'm nuts. He does. Yeah, yeah. Because I do. But think what's he, he going to using... do about it? He's the guy. Do you know every every fucking therapy session? He brings up that we were scheduled to go to Italy with you and Molly. Every time. And uh, every time. And when am I going to go to the Uffizi and see the paintings? And when am I going to go to Italy? And I, he, thinks oh. I'm, he thinks I'm crazy. I said, well, then yeah. you tell me how to get back into society. I said, this Jimmy Kimmel and his wife are over at Nathan's <laughs> fucking eating hot dogs. Jimmy's showing his hot dog. Oh, classic. Nathan. I said to my wife, what is going on? What is going on? How is this guy running around? And I said, uh, first of all, we're and then you the want to go to walk. dinner Friday night? He's, he's, I don't know where you are. Who knows where you are? I, I was know. at Coney that Island. Is, that is why, by the way, I didn't respond to Beth's text about Friday. Because I said, I'm going to see, this is what's going to happen. How no. going to watch your Instagram all week. He's going to see all the things you've done. And he's going to be so uncomfortable by the time Friday comes around that he's going to be miserable. And I don't want to put that on you. I really Molly, don't. I never Molly, here, you're right. I agree. I said to Beth, well, you're going to test everyone, right, before they come in? She goes, no. It's time for us to get over it. We got the new uh, vaccine. Jimmy and Molly Good. come over. They'll bring all their friends. We'll bring in like a Nobu situation, and we'll all have Japanese food. How's that? I said, all right, if that's what you want, if that's why I've got to have brain fog for six months, uh, <laughs> so I could sit there and eat Nobu with Molly and Jimmy, I'll do it. He I'll do it for you. remember the dinner no. because of his yeah, brain fog. I said, I said, I'll do it. So I had agreed to that. But then, thank God for you, Molly, you never wrote back to Beth. Thank that's God. because I know that that's not what you really want. I know that. I know that it, that would stress you out. And also, I don't want the guilt if, if we or someone there, you suddenly two days later have a cough. I will never hear the end of it. I, it's not well, worth it to me. I said to Beth, listen, Jimmy and Molly got to New York. They're all excited about going out to their favorite restaurants. They don't want to come to our apartment and have no boo. They want a good. They want the experience of being in a restaurant. And I said, I'm, I'm not up to that yet. And that was it. I said, but she, Molly didn't write me back. Up I go, that. I go, listen, she don't know what to do. Yeah, because know what to I, do. We would love to come to your apartment, but I feel like you don't actually want that. I would do it right? for Beth. I mean, I would do it. I, would I do think it for this Beth, is like don't. the two of you are on an island, deserted island, and Beth sees a plane flying over and she knows there's a good chance <laughs> there's not going to be another plane for six months. And she's like, let's send up this flare and maybe they'll come rescue us. And you're like, you know what? Hang on to the flare. We're going to wait for a, a bigger jet. We're going to make sure there's plenty of room on board. And maybe she sees this as, I think you got to break the seal at some point. Maybe right. Beth wants to break the seal. I have, I, I want you to know something. And I really want to say this to defend myself. Yes. My wife is as kooky as I am. If you think I'm kooky about COVID, she's in the same boat. I'm not holding her prisoner. I am not. Yeah. I'm telling know. you. I don't think but I am. Beth has gone to a couple of things, right? She went, she's gone to things. She's the only one wearing a mask, which I All think right. is smart. She so went to a wedding. she's not as kooky as you are. No. She won't go to anything. Right. Because you know it's going to be a, a joke on your late night show. Molly's going to write jokes. You're going to write jokes. <laughs> Howard Stern finally went out and dropped dead. 
I mean, it's going to be funny. I don't want to be a joke. You hear it, Howard. You're dead. Okay. I think we all think that was funny. would be crying his monologue if you died. Oh, my God. My vey. Molly, so you got... Wait a second. You got Jimmy's hero coming on tonight on the show, David Letterman. Yeah. Who, believe me, if, if Jimmy could get into Letterman's house, then that would be a miracle. <laughs> but that, ain't, that ain't happening. No. But, uh, so he's got to settle for me. But uh, it's a big night to Jimmy. This is like he's probably beating off to David Letterman yeah. coming on the show. It's like a big deal. It's his hero. Well, starting with Howard and ending with Letterman is a dream for him. That's a pretty but good what thing. But, but Molly, what is the plan with Letterman, what is Jimmy going to be doing with Letterman? What what has Jimmy decided? I mean, first of all, how do we get Letterman to show up in Brooklyn? What's happening here? Well, first, the beating off is number one. Secondly, right. we just asked, and he said yes, he would like to be on the show, and he was uh, he, he was oh, very sweet. gracious. And um, I guess he's not as nervous about COVID as you are. I know you want. No. I know you're looking for compatriots. I know you're looking for people with an equal uh, amount of anxiety about this. But I just, I think you're the only one left. I know I am. I feel like I'm alone because I, I speak to Dave every once in a while. And I've asked him, I go, what what do I do here? And, uh, you know, he goes, oh, I'm just as nervous as you are, blah, 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 blah. And then I hear he's going, I'm here, he's on vacation, he's this, he's working. he's with So he's not like me. He's not uh, neurotic like I am. I I got to take I, a baby. I got to take a baby step, Jimmy. I got to take I, a baby step. Can I recommend a specific baby step for you? Please. I think you should go to lunch outdoors at a restaurant. Just go to an outdoor lunch at okay. a restaurant. I'll do it. Right? Yeah. I'll yeah. do it. That's it. All right. That's nice. What? Why haven't you thought of that before, Howard? I have. It got cold. What do you think of that, Robin? <laughs> I got to sit there and freeze my nuts off. Now I'll get a cold and a flu and everything else. Uh, I mean, uh, it's too late. I'm, maybe next summer I'll sit outside and have a meal. I'm going to do it. Fuck it. I'm being a pussy. I know. I know what you're thinking, Molly. I know what you're thinking, Jimmy. I get it. I'll, no, I'll it's do not it. that we think you're being I'll a pussy. It's it. that we're worried. Probably... We're worried that we're going to lose you from society because the longer this yeah. goes on, the more right. comfortable you get in that little world. The more entrenched. And yeah. yeah. And, and, and then it's harder and harder to get out of it. It's not, it, you know, it becomes more difficult to get out of it. It is so wonderful to be and it's unhealthy. in the house. It's, but it's, it's unhealthy. I love it. I but love you it so know. much. Howard, the people who live the longest have relationships. That's part no, of my, it. Let me tell you, you no one lived no one animal. wrong. No one lived longer than my parents. And they they proved the point <laughs> that no one hung out with them. No one wanted to know them. They sat in the house and stared at each other. And it was it was a very long life. Oh very long. my goodness. Yeah. Well, Molly, what listen, uh you got a big night in Brooklyn. Uh I know you're working hard with the show and Jimmy. Oh, can I, I say I just one thing to the listeners? Yeah. Please, please stop tweeting about Molly's feet. Oh, um, for God's sake. Please. It is, it's, it's an invasion of her, per, of her body. And right. as, as her husband, I must demand that it stop. Are the feet still smelly, Jimmy? <laughs> no. Do it, Jimmy. You know what? They're not. Uh, sadly, they haven't, they haven't had any scent in like a what year's is time. The, COVID what is has this? killed this. COVID has been a real... You just can't smell things anymore. Oh, maybe that's what it is. I don't know. But either way, I don't know. Molly's either wearing socks or uh, just that's it. we're not getting out as much. Molly's feet did not really... <laughs> I know I know this from firsthand experience. I started wearing a certain pair of shoes during COVID 
without socks. I wanted to be one of these guys who didn't wear socks. Mm-hmm. Well, I had a pair of shoes that smelled so bad, and my feet stunk from not wearing socks. And I suspect Molly, yes, to be sexy, was not wearing socks. And I think what she did, and Molly, tell me if I am te- got this right. I think now you're more aware of it, and you're wearing like PEDS or something uh, like a socklet <laughs> with your shoes. Am I correct? First of all, I just want to say I'm so glad we're talking about this again. And secondly, right. yes. Yes, I, I became aware that certain pairs of shoes, when you wear without socks, you start to get a scent. So I cut those out, and yes, I do wear pets. Also, I wipe my feet all over your candle, and it made it smell really good. <laughs> <laughs> there you go. Well, there you have an exclusive. Candle. Jimmy Thank and Molly. Now. What are you doing? All. all right. Bye-bye. I'm going to go get ready and go into the show. we got some work to do. I love you guys. You, I'm glad we cleared you that too. up. Robin, right. next time you're coming over, love you. Goodbye. Yeah, listen, I invite Robin to everything, but not anymore. That's it. That's over. I don't want to go on anywhere. Thank you, Molly. That's Molly, Jimmy's lovely wife, and what a lovely woman. So uh, Jimmy is working. I'm about to cry. It's been so nice talking to her. Absolutely. Uh, Jimmy will be doing the show from Brooklyn uh, this week. He's got his hero, David Letterman. What's what? What is your oh. fantasy? What is seriously, Jimmy? This is a big night for you. Everyone will tune in just to see yeah. the, the 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 camaraderie. The two of them. Yes. Yeah. Right. You know everything about Letterman. So what is there to ask him? I mean, what are you going to do? I don't know. I'll I'll figure it out. You know, Dave takes this stuff very seriously, and he always has funny stories that he brings. But we haven't had our meeting this morning yet, and I think right. things are relaxing a little bit because. Um, in the past, when he's been on the show, it's been like six weeks of me uh, pestering our segment producers going, what are we going to do? What do we got to figure this out? Should I ask him this? Blah, blah, blah. But now we're doing it in the normal way, day of. Let me ask you about that. So yeah. um, do you pre-interview Letterman to find out what, not you specifically, but a producer? I, I yes. want you to pull the curtain, but you do. Yes, because Dave was a stickler for that stuff. When I used to do his show, I always right. was pre-interviewed, and I, 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 you know, I wasn't a fan of it, but I did it for him. But uh, you, so you pre-interview, not you, but somebody pre-interviews Letterman. Our uh, segment producer Josh Weintraub does pre-interview right. with Dave. Dave um, believes in that process, and and it is. It, I mean, listen, there are certain people like you that it's more fun not to know right. what we're going to talk about, what's going to happen, but. Um, with most people, you want to have a framework so that um, if I don't know if it starts to veer, that you can get back up to that that material that they want to cover while they're there. So and most have comedians you... like to know, um, you know, what the setups are going to be, you know, how to how to you know, proceed. And of course, some of it will be just conversational, but there I'm sure will be a couple of stories. So have you presented, uh, have you been presented with Dave's pre-interview material? Uh, have you already seen it? No, uh, later this morning. Oh, wow. Oh, yeah. that is, that is a new looser Jimmy Kimmel, I would say. Yeah. Yeah. I'm really loosening up. <laughs> no, but that is, you know. that is a loosening up in a sense. And I think that's good for you. I mean, uh, it gives you some, uh, instead of like getting all hopped up and thinking it through, overthinking it. Like this, you'll see it, and then I guess you got an hour or two before the taping, and then you'll go tape, right? That's it. Yeah, right, exactly. Right. Yeah. Nice. Yeah, yeah, it'd be nice. And we, and Tracy Morgan, by the way, who I uh, I mentioned this on Monday Night Football last night, it took us 
we didn't get to the gate. It took us an hour and 40 minutes to go from Brooklyn um, to getting into the stadium. And what we saw on the way over was Tracy Morgan in a bright yellow Ferrari. Uh, <laughs> angry, as mad as a hornet about the traffic, <laughs> driving himself. <laughs> it's just stuck in a car that probably goes 220 miles an hour, stuck in traffic, moving one mile an hour, if that. And uh, it was pretty funny, I have to say. Wouldn't you be nervous as hell if you had a car worth, I don't know what that car's worth, probably, because, who knows, it could be worth, uh, you know, half a million dollars for, for yeah, all I know, a Ferrari yeah. like that. Yeah. Wouldn't you be nervous as hell driving to a game and, 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 and like, you know, anybody could fuck with that car? I mean, oh, you should see what's going on in that parking lot. I mean, there are, are tailgate parties happening. People have erected tents. I think there, these seems like there are people living there permanently. I don't know what's going on, but people have built like, like campsites and there's music <laughs> blasting and they've got big screen TVs and projection going and they're watching. It's the weirdest thing. They're watching the game uh like 300 yards from the place where they're playing the game, but they're not at the game. It's very I strange. Know. Do you understand like, that at all? I mean, no, it's crazy. They got all the traffic and none of the actual game. It's really weird. And Tracy, I whenever I would go to the Nick games, I don't go anymore because I'm in lockdown. Uh, the 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 he's at every Nick game. I would end up sitting next to Tracy, which is a treat because he does a play by play oh, like yeah. nobody else. I mean, yeah. I I said somebody should hire him to do play by play. It's that funny and it's that good. Actually, he knows the game. And 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 now you're telling me he's going to football. I mean, this guy is a real super fan of sports. It's yeah, just incredible. He has, I think he has like a box at the, at MetLife Stadium. So, <laughs> well, I, um, it, what's funny about it is, you, not funny, but you're the guy who said to me, you must have Tracy Morgan on. I remember I had never had Tracy Morgan on the show and I didn't know much about Tracy. Yeah. And you said to me, he would be so good on your show. You got to have Tracy on. And whenever he comes on, it is, it kills. But uh, I have you. I met Tracy. I met Tracy at a comedy show in Dallas, and we'd never met before. Uh, it was me and my cousin Sal, Tracy, and his cousin Leroy. And after the show, we had nothing to do. I said, "You want to? You guys want to hang out?" And we went and we talked until six o'clock in the morning. Wow. The candles had extinguished themselves, and <laughs> yeah. we just sat there and talked for like I think like seven or eight hours in a row. And I was like, "Oh, this! I love this guy." And of course, the first thing I thought is, "Oh, Howard is going to love this guy." And yeah, sure enough, you did. I mean, he is, he's just nonstop funny. The, you know, uh, I don't know if you listened. Did you hear John Hamm on our show, um, last week? I heard part of it. And then I heard, uh, and then I saw, um, a little video you guys posted. Uh, he was talking about coming over to my house to watch football. Uh, so great. which was funny. That was a long time ago. That was it. Yeah. It's funny because that was before John, anybody knew who John was. He wasn't a famous actor at that time. He was one of the guys. Who came to my house on Sundays to watch football? Did, but but if John Hamm wasn't famous at that point, how did you know John Hamm? He was just like a friend, you know. He's a guy that we knew. Sarah was friends uh, with John, and then right. our mutual friend, this guy Tall John, another John, uh, would bring him sometimes to watch football on Sundays. And he's part of the my cousin Sal's fantasy league. He's you know they're all. In fact, my cousin Sal did something. One of his rules in his fantasy league, and I know you don't have much interest in fantasy football, but they have these teams, and John Hamm has a team, and Sal has a rule that whoever wins 
the championship that year gets to kick one person out of the league the next year. So John Hamm is on the set of Mad Men and he's really, you know, it's, and, and these guys, they all love Mad Men. They're like, besides being friendly with John, they're enamored with the idea that John is part of their league. And they have their fantasy draft where they all sit around and pick the players. And John calls and he says, listen, I'm still on set. I'm going to be two hours late. Uh, you guys might want to just go ahead without me. And they're like, no, we're going to wait for you. And so he is racing through the, the, the shoot. He races. <laughs> He races to this bar. He meets them there. He sits on the table. He's got his magazines. He's in a bit of a sweat. He sits down. They're like, okay, let's start the draft. And Sal says, all right, before we start the draft, I have to kick uh, someone out. John, you're kicked out of the... <laughs> John gathers his stuff, gets up, and walks right out the door. Oh, my God. That is so great. Uh, so, so, But he told the story when before he was famous. He actually met Tom Cruise at your house, which is mind-blowing. You know, Tom Cruise, arguably the biggest star in the world in terms of movies, right? Tom Cruise is a big Giants fan, and it got, you know, the thing about the having football in my house, which I don't do anymore, is people started really talking about it. It became like a big deal, and then I started getting, like, people wanting to come over. You know, it became like a thing, you know? But right. um Tom Cruise was, I don't know, I was talking to him about the Giants or whatever, and I, I said, hey, you know, we have football on Sunday if you ever want to come over. Not thinking he would ever come over because right. this is a bunch of like, I mean, if you could see this group, you, I mean, John Han is not, John Ham is not indicative. Uh, I mean, these are mostly my cousin Sal's friends from upstate New York. These <laughs> are not glamorous people by any stretch of the imagination. Right. It's not a showbiz crowd. Not a showbiz crowd. This is the kind of crowd that like, one of the guys will like go into my mini bar and drink all the little pineapple juices one after the other and just leave the cans all over the place. Like that kind of a group. Yeah. So Tom Cruise, uh, comes over and, um, and is, he brings his mom, uh, over also. My dad, by was the way. There. This has got to be a lot of pressure for you because it isn't yes. a showbiz crowd. And then you're thinking to yourself, oh, fuck, Tom Cruise is here. Wait till he see. Now he's not going to have a good time because he's going to be uncomfortable around these guys. You know what I mean? We're just, well, I didn't really look at it like that. I looked at it as like, oh, my God, this is weird. And this is going to be funny. You know, okay. and if he wants to <laughs> come over. Great. So he comes over, and first of all, my dad gets hold of him in the backyard and starts telling him about real estate in the area. And this, you know, <laughs> no, this is not particularly great neighborhood I live in. He's like, and this house sold for uh one point four, and it was on the market. You know, he's going through all this stuff that I know Tom Cruise doesn't care about at all, but Tom is pretending that he does care. I finally go, I go, Dad, Tom might want to watch the games. He's here to watch football. So Tom comes in. Carolla lives down the block at this time. And Adam, Adam comes over and he gets lit. I mean, he gets, he just gets <laughs> hammered because he knows he can walk home, you know? Right, right. So Adam gets drunk and decide and somebody encourages him to do his, his, uh, touchdown celebration dance, his end zone celebration dance, which is him. Uh, he, what he does, he pretends to, to, to score a touchdown. He then squats down, uh, pretends to shit the football out of his ass. It, it drops it like he's on the toilet and shitting, and then he thumbs through the newspaper. He mimes thumbing through the newspaper. It's hard. Just imagine this. And imagine Tom Cruise's mother watching. <laughs> Adam did the whole dance? He did the shitting he out the football? He did the whole dance. He yeah. shit out the football in front of Tom Cruise's mother. <laughs> 
It was crazy. <laughs> but Tom stayed from the ten from the yeah, the pregame show until the late game. I mean, he watched all the games and uh and we had fun. Wow. It was nice. Wow. So he had a good time. I mean, he was yeah. a regular I mean, guy. He yeah. never, never, never came back, of course. <laughs> that was the last <laughs> I heard from him. So you stopped doing the regular Sunday football thing because it became like people got insulted if they weren't invited. and yeah, More, it was just a chore for me. It was like I was doing at the time the show was live. And, uh, and I was right. doing Monday through Friday. I didn't get off of work until after 10 o'clock on Friday night. And then on Saturday, I would spend most of the day preparing to cook for the Sunday football oh. celebration. And then I would yeah. spend all day Sunday cooking and then cleaning up after the animals that came to my house. And finally, Cousin <laughs> Sal said, okay, this is enough already. You got, you, you're too busy for this. It went on for years, but he put a stop to it, and I appreciate that he did. Are you going to make a move tonight to get closer to David Letterman? Yes, he's coming <laughs> on the show. But are you going to do a move where you say, hey, Dave, let's go out and hang out after the show. Let's go to dinner together. Let, you you, you got to no. get to the next level with Dave. No, you will not. Do no, it. because I don't think he'd want that. And I don't think I, I just, you know, I never call him. Um, occasionally he'll call me or, or text me, but I just don't want to. I don't know. I just I know it's I, I feel like with you, I felt like we have a ton in common. You know, we right. were, you know, we're. New Yorkers, we are radio guys, you know, we're, you know, whatever. But, um, uh, with Dave, I think it would just, I don't know. I just don't think he, I don't think he's interested in hanging out. If he ever, you know, if he ever wanted to, that would be a fun thing. I'd love to go to dinner or whatever, but I'm not, not going to put him in a position where he feels like he has to. Right. Yeah. No, I I get that. I'll tell you what I'm jealous of. What? This is good promotion for your show that you got Paul Simon coming on. Oh, I know. Isn't that great? Oh my God! How'd I that am, come about? I I've been asking Paul Simon for I don't know, maybe fifteen years because he's one of my favorites and me too. I'm very too. excited at that. And I mean, and then when he he said he he was retiring from touring, I was like, oh God, I'm never going to get him on the show. And um and we just kept asking and um and yeah, he's going to come and I'm going to interview him and, and then he's going to play. And no I kidding. love him. Wonder yeah. what he's going to do. Is he going to do an old song or is he going to do one of those new songs? Let's get him to do an, an old, old song. song. He is excellent. Yeah, he is. Yeah. Excellent. Old, a classic. I think you'll like it. Yeah. I won't ruin the surprise, Shit. but that yeah, I'm jealous. That I'm that's going to be of. great. Hey, come to the show before our big dinner. <laughs> I'm yeah. <Paul> Simon. <laughs> hey, house. listen. Hey, it, it, Beth says to me, you should be doing Jimmy's show this week. I said, I love Jimmy. I said, but, you know, again, it was, uh, honestly, I, I would do it, but it, I was like, you know, first of all, well, I don't I know. Would, I would never ask you to come, to enter a room full of 2,000 people, most of them who do not have masks on. I just Thank would, I, I, I would not do that. And I hope you know that I would love to have you on. And I know uh, you if, would. And, uh, and I, you know, I, I'll wait for the high sign from you, maybe when it's, totally safe and maybe you you want to do it or whatever we'll do it but um i'm not going to bother you with that yeah i'm going to call our buddy dr agus and see if he can't convince me to you know get off get somehow get out there i mean mean, maybe he could help me out start small baby steps baby steps how is he gonna help you howard you've talked to him Uh, repeatedly and still after every conversation you stay indoors why do you have to be so practical, Robin? 
<laughs> Just go with it. There's no amount of talk that's going to do it. Yeah. Here's a good question for Dr. Agus. Do you go to restaurants? Do you go to events? I've asked him that. He said and? the only thing he does is he goes only outdoors. He does not go indoors to restaurants. Right. And quite frankly, he wears a mask a lot of the time. So yeah, but he's a yeah. doctor. He has to. No, I'm talking about outside of his practice. He does. But he, he has says, to keep himself well, Howard. They have to maintain a well, higher so level. So do I. I'm a fucking disc uh, who, who are you I mean, treating? Uh, well, who's going to miss an operation because you can't get there? Well, <laughs> let me tell you something. If I'm not on the air, a lot of people get very upset. Hey, by the way, That's have true. you been following the underdog lady thing with your show? I, I have, yes, yes. That I'm, it's um, fantastic. It's fantastic. Yeah. I know... You know, I feel bad for her, honestly, because I know you're not going to have her on because, you, you know, you, you're in a high stakes game. You moved yeah. on. But <laughs> Jesus she does, Christ. Seems she doesn't actually even want to be on because she's her list of conditions is um, intense. I mean, it's uh, it's unlike any writer we've ever received from any potential guest. We said to uh, we said to her, listen. Jimmy's coming on. Do you want to call in? And I said, listen, don't put Jimmy on the spot with this because, you know, she's going to keep cocking him until, you know, he's going to just feel bad and she's going to feel bad. And it's just going to, it's not going to be you that funny. You didn't want to encourage it. No, but she did call Chris Robin and, uh, she said, um, you know, they were talking. He said, do you want to make a final plea to Jimmy to be on the show? And she did. So if oh. I, I would, I would be wrong if I didn't play this for you. Okay. okay. All okay. right. Here we go. Hi, Suzanne. Chris? Yes, I'm calling about Mr. Kimmel, Suzanne. Yes? Now, I know you may not be able to call in on Tuesday, but I wanted to know if you had a final pitch for Jimmy about your Dracula presentation, what you'd like to do and need from him. Mr. Kimmel, I, I would request you now to consider seriously a meritorious a presentation of a fashion show about the way people dressed in his time and place. And, and I reproduced several costumes worn by him, which I can model one by one. You would be the commentator. I would provide the commentary for you. It's, it's my mission to uh, educate or re-educate people about the real Dracula and how only Stoker's novel transformed him into the vampire. He couldn't have become a vampire in real life because he was killed in combat and his head cut off. Well, there it is. Uh, does that change yeah. uh, your mind at all? Is there, is there no three-minute slot for the woman to do her fashion show? Well, the, i got to look up the word meritorious. But um, <laughs> So she's saying that Dracula, she wants to educate people on the real count dracula which yes. I, there wasn't real i mean i know there was a guy who was like what vlad the impaler right 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 who was right. a right but there's no real count dracula but i do I, like the idea of her writing the commentary for me and then me i guess reading it i guess would be the yeah, commentator yeah jimmy yeah. maybe this gets into a bigger commentary about late night television and maybe you could you know listen yeah. you're a guy who's in it you you have one of those rare uh, late night slots you've been you're the longest running host in um, you know, right now in in late night the late night landscape is changing james corden is stepping down did you read that uh, he's I did. walking away from his his talk show and maybe this points out something you know you and i talk about this all the time some of our favorite letterman shows 
were when he had on those quirky yeah. odd guests. Right, right, Brother right. Theodore, um, the guy who did the karate kick. I can't think of his name. Crispin Glover. Crispin Glover. You know, there, there were moments. Uh, Brother Theodore was a cuckoo, you know, and it was great. Harvey P. Carr. You remember that guy? Yeah. Harvey, Harvey P. Carr. You know, it, it, John Hamm was saying he used to watch Letterman as a kid, and his two favorite guests were Harvey P. Carr and Howard Stern. And he didn't know me. He didn't know he because he lived in St. Louis, right? But he he thought I was odd. You know, I'd come on and talk about the crazy shit, and it turned him on as a kid. Right. In a sense, I know deep down in your heart, you would love to yes. devote three minutes to Underdog Woman. You really yeah. would. You would love the fashion show. You would love doing the commentary and all of that. But the sad reality is <laughs> there's no room in late night for that, right? It would tank. I, I, I'm not even worried about whether it would tank or not. I think it would be seen as unkind, probably. Yeah. Sad. You know? Yeah. 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 So, <laughs> but with that said, yes, I do love that shit. There's no question about it. I, you know, we used to do a thing on the show called Future Talent Showcase, which right. um, it did not involve um, the future or talent, but it was a showcase, and and, and <laughs> Underdog was on that, and uh, yes. as were many many um, uh, stars of yore. But um, that was a it was a different time. It was a it was a, a time of experimentation, and ultimately uh, that the sort of thing seems to be funny to only a very very small percentage of our audience, uh, all of whom <laughs> listen to your show. You know what? You're so right. Um, and let I me just say you... this about the show, if, if I may, because I was listening and that, that vile segment about um, fisting you had on, which, which yes. re- literally almost made me throw up. And, um, and but I do one of the things that I, I love about the show, and I feel like this will never we will never see it again. And we should cherish it as much as we possibly can, is that you've got a show that uh, has um, uh, material like that. And well, Wendy will call in and you will ask her many, many questions. She answers affirmatively to all of them. Many, many, very strange and inappropriate questions. And then you'll have Paul McCartney on and then you'll have, you know, uh, who knows? Michelle Obama will be the next guest. And I love that. That I do, there's no place else that that happens. And there's no place else that that has ever happened. And I think there's no place where this will ever happen again. And I think we need to remember it and um, and cherish these moments, even if it means you remain locked up in a castle for for all of well, eternity. First of all, thank you for being so articulate about it. You know, even that day when we had Fisty Gary on, right after that, we yeah. went to Imagine Dragons and talked about yes. suicidal thoughts. And that was a thoughts. great interview. Yeah. Thank you. Mormonism. I, I loved it. Uh, yes, I loved yeah. hearing from him. And uh, remember when I had Will the Farter on and then followed up with Hillary Clinton? I mean, uh, yes. people love it. But but, but, but my point is... Bill thank and you Hillary. For, yeah. I, I appreciate you saying that. It is very important to me, for however long I remain doing this, that we keep the Fisty Gary type segments. Yeah, yeah. We talk about Mormon porn. We talk yes. about beating off. I think... It is important because more and more of that is disappearing. Boy, that beating off uh, conversation really threw me for a loop because 27 (laughs) times. And I, you know, there's not, I'm not, I'm not that focused on my health, but when it's something that I like, it's like, well, I guess I've got to masturbate 27 times. Now, I don't like, maybe I could pull it off in a January, you know, there's 31 days, but that's a tough on a February to get 27 in. That's really a commitment. First of all, you're, you're way younger than I am. Mm -hmm. Uh, That's number one. 
You really are. Yeah. What, what, what are you now? Uh, I'm 54. I'll be 55 okay. in November. Well, I must have been out of my mind because when I read, the, you know me, I'm nuts about my health. So, yeah. When I and I don't want prostate cancer. My father ultimately died from it. I said to myself, well, if I got to jerk off 27 times or come somehow 27 times, and Beth is not going to fuck me 27 <laughs> times a month. I don't know about Molly. Molly going to fuck no. you 27 no. times? No. What nope. do you get it? Once a week? About that. Yeah, that's about right. right. Okay. Join the club. So, yeah. uh, you guys are way behind. You're down. Yeah. yeah so, well. I, and I, and I do the math and I go like, and Beth does it. I think Beth is like, you know what? I love you, but go get, then you're going to have prostate cancer. I don't know what to tell you. Um, and so I really set out to masturbate 27 times. It's no bullshit. I tried it. I wasn't joking. Well, yeah. I I jerked off a couple of days in a not even in a row because at this point it, it, that can't happen. It, you know, I need to re uh, replenish the supply, and then <laughs> Beth agreed to have sex with me. Well, I got into bed with her. My groin started to ache. It hurt so much I couldn't even fuck because I was having. It was too much. It was too much for my body to come that much. I'm not a young it's man a anymore. Commitment. It's a real it's a commitment. commitment. So I've given up. I, I just I'm like you know what? Yeah, that number big. seems too high. It's just too high. How can I have said to, be to a- Howard there was a guy who wanted more sex from his wife. He happens to be a scientist, and he wrote up this kooky thing. Yeah. I don't know of any real. He studies. might be right. He might. All be right. I know is I put on that Mormon porn. I thought for sure I, but, but I jerked off the day before. Nothing happened, uh, so that was it. Even the Mormon <laughs> porn didn't work for me. Mormon but, porn uh, didn't do it. <laughs> no, you like the no. girls? It was a good setup. You know, Jimmy, is there anyone in late night? Yeah. Uh, as a guest, I'm talking about. Oh. And, and I don't mean like the underdog, you know, that, that's a funny kind of thing. But I'm saying, are there people that you have banned from the show? And when I say banned, I mean, oh. you're just like, for you, it's a hard no. It's like, you know what? Fuck it. I don't want to have that person on. Yeah. There are people who we avoid having on. They're the people that seem like they don't want to be there. And just, and some people are just aren't good at it. And you learn over the years, but. Yeah, the truth of the matter is many of them still slip by. They they'll still get past somehow they get past and I, I don't pay attention and I, I look at the schedule. I'm like, Oh no, why? Why? And, but those nights, you know, you're going to have to work hard. And that's why you really appreciate the guests who are, who are self starters. It's like, um, it's like trying to keep a balloon in the air. Sometimes right. the balloon is nice and full and bouncy and. You just, it's easy to keep it in the air for the seven, eight minutes and then another five minute segment. And sometimes the balloon is, um, oh, like one of Eric the actor's hands. And it's like a, a small rubbery thing and it's just hard. You got to keep swatting the whole time. And that's you know, what it's I, like to have a tough guest. I understand this. In other words, there are days that you wake up in the morning and you know who's coming on the show and you know you're going to have to prepare and you're going to have to sort of mentally get up for it. And you sit there and go, this is going to be a shitty day. It's just going to yep. be shitty. That's and, right. It's going to be and they, hard. And yeah. they don't disappoint, right? It's like, it's like they, <laughs> yeah, it was, it was a shitty day. And then do you get off and go, oh, the show sucked. The show was yeah, terrible sometimes. because, and, yeah, and it's sometimes. a weird position to be in because you would like to rely on yourself. It's okay. funny too, because sometimes you get a guest and you're like, I got to help this person. This, you know, this is, this person is not prepared. This person is not making it. And, Sometimes you'll start telling them a story about yourself or whatever, and and then their fans will inevitably get mad that you dominated the conversation with the story about yourself. But ultimately, 
uh, in those situations, I'm trying to help them just get through because they all, you know, most of them come in with good intent. They want to be good. They want it to be good. And at the end of it, most people don't remember who said what and what was funny. I, I'm perfectly content to get zero laughs during uh, a, an interview and let the guests get all of them. You know, I mean, that's great. If they're getting them, that's fantastic. I consider that a win. But sometimes you have to intervene. Yeah, I know. Like, you don't have to worry with Letterman. Your worry with Letterman tonight is really that he thinks I'm an asshole. That's my that's my worry always. Or is that the worry? Yeah. Yeah. Like even like the monologue tonight, I'll be thinking when I'm doing monologue. And I do this when you're there, too, although I now realize that you're never really watching when you're getting ready for the show. And on the off chance when he is watching, I have to make sure it's good because, uh, uh, you know, it's, 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 it becomes more important to me. Oh, poor you. It's so torturous. If you had retired, I would have understood. I mean, I know, it I, is. I almost did. Is, I, <laughs> I, really I thought don't. you were for real. You know, but that's like I did me. Too. When you were, when I you were too. talking about you and told me you were quitting, I go, he isn't quitting. I mean, he, what's he given up? If he walks away from this, nothing's going to be as satisfying. And he's still a young man. This is what I said to Beth. He'll, he'll continue. And, uh, you did. You, you signed up for another three years. Yeah. And the money's good too. Let's face it. You know. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Obviously. Yeah. And also like being, um, wanted is important too. You know, well, yeah. ABC wanting me to stay, which I, I didn't know. I was like, Oh, maybe they want to, you know, maybe they want to start over. Maybe the people running the network now want to find a person of their own and put their imprint and have somebody for the next 20 years or who knows. But, yeah. um, yeah, ultimately it was just like, I think. I, I, I was having a hard time, um, with the leaving part of it. And I don't mean just like leaving. I mean, just the, what you need to go through, the emotional, uh, toll that that takes of like, okay, you got six months. Now you got to wrap it up. And, uh, it was easier for me to go, hey, you know what? I'll worry about that in three years. <laughs> you know what? For me, it is. It's like when you have something successful going on where you're wanted and all of that. How do you walk away from that? You know, I don't understand it. It's especially like, when you're from radio like we are right, and you get right. fired and you're barely <laughs> scratching right. it together and just trying to make something happen. And, you know, I was fired from most of my radio jobs and most of them didn't last a year. And each time I went into it with high hopes, I'd move across the country. I had two little kids. I'd go from, you know, Seattle to Phoenix to Tampa to Palm Springs to Tucson to L.A. You know, I had all these different jobs and I finally got a job where they liked me in L.A. at K-Rock. And I, you know, I I, I was really like reluctant to leave even when right. the man show became popular. I just it was just a matter of I did, there weren't enough hours in the day for me to stay. And I think back to that and I think back, you know, and I mean, I never made more than. $60,000 a year, um, in, you know, un, un, until like I was three years into K Rock, you know, and most of those jobs I made much less than that. So the idea of quitting a job is, uh, I don't know. It's like, like I, I can't imagine explaining that to my 25 year old self. Right. Yeah. That's how I feel too. So, right? you know, good. I'm listening. I'm glad you're staying on. I feel good about it. It, it actually gives me comfort. To know you're staying on and still doing this thing. I mean, this might be your last contract. Who the hell knows? You know, I was watching you. I wanted uh, him to bomb so bad. He did okay. Simon Cowell was on your show. Oh, yeah. I had mixed feelings about having him on the show. And it was another one of these deals where I didn't realize he was booked until uh, the week before. And I was like, 
oh shit, I wonder if Howard's going to be mad about this. Uh, no, that I, I mean, I had him on the show. No, he's a yeah. decent guest. You know, he does, uh, even he's though his laugh, yeah. his laugh is fake. You know, when he, like yeah. you were telling him something, he goes, ah, ha, 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 ha. <laughs> no, I mean, just cause I hate him. I can't stand the fuck. I wanted to, I wanted to run onto the set while you were interviewing him and go, you're a fucking bullshit artist. You no talent mm -hmm. motherfucker. But, you know, I can't do that. You won't let me do Has that. Has he apologized to you f never, for that? Never. Will. No. He's a Trumpy. He's, he's very Trump. Uh, he didn't do anything wrong. He told me I he see. lied to my face. But listen, I understand. He's on a, a popular television show. And uh, listen, he was a good guest, but I wanted him to tank. I wanted him to tank so bad. <laughs> I wanted you to hate him and go, I'm never having this fucking guy on again. But, yeah, I liked it when he would tear through the contestants on American Idol. That was, um, I think that was the real Simon we used to see. Yeah, yeah. Well, he, he explained that well. They changed the show. They used to give him bad people who sang. And now it's like everyone who's on there is pretty decent. You know what right. I mean? So yeah, how do you right. fucking, you can't bust somebody's balls if they're, they got some talent, right? Yeah, that's true. They kind, yeah. yeah, they kind of, they kind of changed the format. So listen, I defended you immediately. Thank you. For what? What, what did I do? With the Emmys. <laughs> you know, oh, 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 yeah. Yeah. Uh, for those of you who didn't see it, Jimmy um, was, uh, anyway, he, first of all, I told Jimmy, don't go to the fucking Emmys. I told you. I've told you this privately. <laughs> well, I've told, told you this on the air. Hosting those things. Stop all yep. of it. Jimmy's a you really good You want to know the whole guy. story? You want to hear go the ahead. whole story? Go ahead. Yeah. Okay. So originally, I'm, um, I was supposed to present with Norman Lear. He turned 100 years old, and we worked together, and we were going to present together. But Norman had like 30 birthday parties and, um, and, <laughs> and by the way, tired. why can't my mother be more like Norman Lear? You know what I mean? <laughs> really just stop complaining. Why can't, why can't we all be more like Norman Lear? He's unbelievable. Right. So Go I thought it would be nice you know, to present with Norman. You know, he get a standing ovation or whatever. But anyway, Norman, uh, about a week before the Emmys, he says, uh, you know, uh, I really, I'll do it if you really need me to. I'm like, of course not. You know, don't worry about it. So, what was he well, feeling? Was he was he sick or was he uh, just he like just, damn? A hundred years old. He's literally been socializing enough that month. Yeah. You know, it was right. like, even so, he's getting out, Howard. Not, yeah, he's, yeah, he really he, is. He really is, he is really? getting out. Oh yeah, he's he's out all the time, all the yeah, time. Yeah, well, but he's a hundred. You know what I mean? He's probably like <laughs> fuck it already. I'm gonna go any day now. You know, I mean, he's I, I to catch something. Uh, yeah. Right, I, I still got some things I want to do. But okay, so. Anyway. So now Will Arnett and I, he's a good friend of mine, are, he, uh, they asked me, you know, will you still do it? We need you to do it. So I said, okay, uh, and, um, and I'll do it with Will Arnett. So, um, I was trying to figure out like, all right, what are we going to do? I said, well, wouldn't it be funny? Cause I know we're going to lose to John Oliver. If you just drag me out there and say, um, that I, uh, you know, I was, I was upset and I had a few drinks and, uh, and I'm just kind of unconscious. And then how I visualize this happening is he drags me out, um, we read the winner and then I'm just basically out of the shot and it's not really a factor, but it was, the stage was very different. The stage was like a, uh, uh, like a catwalk instead of the normal. I didn't know it was going to be whatever. So I, I was kind of like in the, in the way, which I, in a way I did not imagine I, I would. Now some people read, um, they read racial stuff into this and, um, you know, everybody has their own perspective, but the fact of the matter is I think there were six nominees and, uh, the only black nominee was was Quinta. So, you know, this is a plan I had for no matter who did this. <laughs> right. I imagine no matter I would what be race. out of the shot. 
turns out I'm like right by the, and by the way, there's no weirder life experience to have than to be, have your eyes closed and to hear the Emmys going on while you're right. being dragged <laughs> out on stage is very, very strange. And then, um, we were going to, you know, the winner was going to give the speech and then I would be dragged off. And now Quint, Quinta Brunson happens to be a friend of mine. And in fact, I thought, you know what? I think I'm going to tell her, um, that I'm going to do this uh, so that in case she has like a funny, you know, she wants to come up with a funny joke or whatever. And then I decided, you know what? I think it's bad luck to tell somebody to, to presume somebody's going to win. And, right. uh, I'm going to, you know, I don't want to jinx it, whatever. And, you know, whatever. So. Anyway, we do it. She gives a speech. We go backstage. Uh, you know, I'm very happy for her. We talk, Will and Quinta. We have a nice conversation. Super happy. We have no idea that any, anything is, you know, anyone is upset or whatever. We have literally no idea. And then like later at the party, we, you know, learn that people are saying, Oh, you stole the moment. And I do understand that. Like, you know, it did, it did take away from, um, from the, especially afterwards because. Then she had to answer questions about that instead of just, you know, right. celebrating her Emmy. And um, and uh, and then, you know, I knew I had her on the show in a couple of days. And I said, you know, I saw her at the party and we were talking. And I said, well, we'll talk about this on the air on Wednesday. And, it, you know, became a bigger deal in the in the days leading up to it. And um, but, you know, the idea that there was any like any ill intent is it, ridiculous. Is, yeah, it's just not not how it was. I mean, it's just well, not. Well, first of not all, what. if I won the Emmy and you were doing that, I would have at least teabagged you or pulled your clothes off. You know what oh, I mean? Just, yeah. yeah, of course. Oh, you know, teabag would have been teabag would have been good. Yeah, uh, or I would have done the football dance, the Adam Carolla's yeah. dance. I would have stolen that and just shit a football onto your face. But uh, no, you know, a fart in your face, something funny. But but anyway, the point was this is my point about the Emmys. First of all, you're trying to do something funny. You know, right. no one is funny on the, nobody tries anything. And then this ridiculous, the New York Post I saw put a big uh, headline, um, uh, uh, Jimmy's white privilege. Yes. And well, you know, the New York Post is very, they're very woke and they, they are very concerned about. Right. About white privilege. privilege. Yeah. Right. right. Well, all right. right. They gave you, a, they gave you a knock. They decided yeah. to attack you. And I said, this is why no one tries anything anymore. Right. Exactly. This is, this is right. what's happening to entertainment. You, you know, and, and, and even this woman, uh, Quinta, they asked her afterwards. She goes, Oh, I wasn't offended by it, but I'll wait yeah. and see what the, 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 what the Instagram folks say. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. 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 So it's just, just it is horrible weird that there are people who feel that, that anyone other than Quinta was owed an apology for that. It, it, it's right. very, it's, puzzling to me and i realize like i you know almost every time i wind up in like a situation i had it comes totally out of the blue like there's no i never, <laughs> you, I, never. you know 30 people knew about that maybe 50 people knew about this before and nobody was like eh, maybe you, you know whatever it's like no it never occurred to anybody because people know that it was just a silly thing and not anything more than that but um Everybody said, has their own experiences, I guess. And and I've said to you, number one, I don't know why you keep going to these Emmys anyway, because uh, <laughs> they never give you the fucking award. I mean, with the John Oliver, John Oliver, John Oliver. I mean, how many times have you lost to John Oliver? What, like 17 times already? I mean, it's ridiculous. <laughs> A lot and, of times. And yeah. P.S. John Oliver, talented guy. They cut off his speech. The guy started to make a speech. And I said to myself, well, I'll listen to John Oliver. He's a funny guy. He might probably yeah. has a good speech. 
They cut him off with the music two seconds later, and the guy never well, even gets to say anything. The whole fucking thing is a mess. They're now, they have, I think, probably too many awards in a show, and they're racing to try to get it in under three hours. And, um, yeah, the whole thing, it's, you know, it's funny because it's, it's, it, it's, it's tough. It's not an easy thing to produce, and everybody wants no. to reinvent the wheel. But then even then, you change anything, and people get mad. Uh, you know, things are certain things that are become sacred that you did not know were sacred. You try to take some of the technical categories out of the Oscars and the Academy gets, gets upset. And it's like everybody's mad all the goddamn time. And, and, and it would be nice if people were mad about the things they should be mad at. Uh, you know, everybody, everyone's mad. And I think it has an overall, it's oppressive. People don't try things. People don't want to say things that. Are, are edgy or, or whatever, and uh, and it's a shame. It's not good well, for uh, anything. Take me behind the scenes a little bit. Because you work for a, a big corporation, ABC, Disney, do they get nervous when something like that happened and all of a sudden everyone's attacking you for being, for God knows what, because you were laying on the stage, which is fucking ridiculous, and and does do you get a call, and, oh, we're very we're going to manage this, we have to... Or, no. Or, no? No. And also, they... Just weirdly, coincidentally, when I saw the pilot, um, because I will see the ABC pilots before they come out for right. Abbott Elementary, I called the head of ABC. I'm like, this show is fantastic. I just want to tell you in case there's any, in case anybody has any feeling other than we should pick this show up, that this is a great show. And this is a show that uh, this is the kind of show you should be making, and this uh, I, I love it. I just think it's great, and they they also thought it was great, and they intended to to pick it up. But um, and then I reached out to Quinta, and this was months before the show premiered, and told her how I felt about it. And so it is it is it, it is interesting that it was this particular show, which I know right. you, I I know you only watch things that are unintentionally funny, but it really is a, a really <laughs> good show. In that way that shows in the 70s were really good and that it's very specific and feels very real. Oh, I heard her interviewed. She said, Jimmy's the first guy to ever put me on late night television and give me a shot. So uh, she was very, very grateful to you. When you when you look back on it, because you've hosted the Emmys, do you aren't you glad you're out of that game, though? Same with the when you saw the Oscar, the, the Will Smith slap and all that crap. Um uh, I know you've said you thought it was a bit. You thought that that, that was like a pre-planned bit between Will Smith and Chris well, Rock. For a I second, did too. I thought it. Yeah, for, for a me second, too. Yeah. I go, yeah. oh, this must be something they arranged. Yeah. You know, it this was so happen. crazy. Yeah. It was crazy. But but did you say to yourself, thank God, I don't host the Oscars because to me, all of a sudden, I even found myself sitting there going, why isn't anyone coming out and helping out Chris Rock? The guy just got assaulted on stage. You know, right. I, I, you know, and and you kind of want to blame the host and say, "Where are you? Come on out!" And, and or the producer walk out. This guy should be hauled out of the building. Don't give him an award. No, he goes but back to his seat. <laughs> he goes back to his seat like nothing happened. And you know, if you had been the host, Jimmy, they would have said that fucking Jimmy Kimmel. He's a coward. He didn't come out. He didn't wrestle. Oh, I would have went right out there. There would have been no. I wouldn't even have waited for somebody to say something. Do you I, think? Do you yeah, think? Yeah, absolutely. Would've? Absolutely. I would have went right out on on stage because somebody needed to go out there at that time. And I think that was one of the the the, the drawbacks to having three hosts is it wasn't clear who should go out right. there and who channel. Right. But when when, um you know, they they mixed up the envelopes and it, nobody knew 
what was supposed to happen. I just, no one told me t- to go out on stage. I just looked at, I-, I said, I guess I better go up because I'm the only one with a mic on. <laughs> I just you you want right to know something? I am now so fucking disappointed that you didn't host the Oscars this past, because what a great moment. If you would have been clear-headed enough, which you say you would have been, and you've done a lot of live television, so I believe you, you would have had the presence to say, fuck this. And yeah. walked out and confronted Will Smith. In your mind, how would you have handled it though? What would you say? Hey, Will, get in your fucking seat and get, or get out of the, what would you have done, do you think? Well, first of all, I think maybe if, the, if that had happened the first time I host the Oscars, I wouldn't have had such a clear line of thinking. But after you do it a couple of times, you know that, I mean, one of the things that I was very, um, uh, focused on when I host the Oscars is that if something happens, I need to be able, we need to structure the show in a loose enough way that I can go on after something if, if it happens. Because those are the moments people remember your off the cuff jokes when, you know, you, you hit that target right after something happens. And if you're not on for another 20 minutes because you're just going with the schedule of the show, it doesn't work. So, um, I think having that experience would have, uh, been the reason why I, I go up on stage because, uh, you know, hosting the Oscars is like being a, uh, an NBA finals or something like typically your first time there you lose. And then the next time there you have it figured out. And I've always had that kind of that experience when it comes to hosting these award shows where it gets better and better. The more times you do it, um, right. what would I have done at that, at that moment? I think I probably would have started talking to Will Smith. I think that would, you know, who was sitting there. I think I would have opened it like, what, what are you, what are you doing? Like, what, why, what you, you, you know, and I think that that would have been my first step. I don't know you what see, joke I would have made, but. But you would have been good because, first of all, you got to have the presence of mind to step in. You also have to be fearless and not be afraid of Will Smith and the power he has in Hollywood, which I believe you would have been fearless. And I think also you have a clear morality. I think you would have known right then and there that it was wrong because some people were like, oh, Will Smith's defending his wife. You know what I mean? Like, uh, it might not have been clear. Hey, Chris Rock was out of line. Some people thought, which I did not. Uh, but you would have been, hey, Chris just got assaulted. Boom. I'm going to go out there and, and confront Will Smith in some and way. And on top of that, I think there is, I think if you talk to any comedian or anybody that, that stands up and, and does comedy, you included, there is, um, it, it's a, an especially sensitive thing for us because we have to stick together. We have to protect each other in, in that way that it is not okay. You could say whatever you want. If you want to, even if you're a heckler or whatever, that's, you know, that, I think that's all within the bounds of reason, but you can't hit somebody. Um, no, especially when they're, uh, they're up there trying. To, I mean, Chris Rock, his intent was to try to make people laugh. He did not know that. He didn't know. I mean, you have to at least have it in your head that, oh, maybe he doesn't know. You know, maybe he doesn't know there's a health situation here. Right. The idea that that your first reaction would be to march up on stage and hit somebody is um I just have a hard time wrapping my head around that. I think there was it, history too that uh, sometime in the past Chris Rock had made some kind of joke about well, the, Jada Pinkett Smith or something. When he hosted you know? the Oscars, she was making a big deal because Will wasn't nominated that year. Right. That's and right. Said she wasn't going to go, and yeah. Chris said, "Well, you have to be invited." 
Right. <laughs> and so right. that, that was a good joke. <laughs> yeah. Did you but call was, Chris Rock? Did you call Chris Rock at all or speak to him uh, after that I, incident? I spoke to him for about 90 minutes, probably six or seven days after it, it happened. You called and, him at home and said, hey, no, I'm no, gonna... I in person. Um, I, I, I saw him in person after Saturday Night Live. I was in New York and I talked to him at length about it. And I really don't, I don't want to, um, share what he told me because I don't think it's my story to, to share. Right. I think that he's going to, but, um, he was surprised by it. <laughs> you know? yeah, yeah. Yeah. No, no, I'm glad you got to talk to him. I remember I called him the next day and, uh, I left a message. He never called me back. Um, but I know Chris fairly, you know, fairly well. I've run into him a couple of times and I figured I should yeah. at least voice some support for the guy. I mean, uh, cause I felt bad for him. I felt like, oh shit, now he's got to deal with all this crap the rest of his career, you know, and he's always the guy who got hit. But yeah. uh, getting Will back Smith. to the thing with Quinta for a minute, one of the things I think has been lost is people's ability to talk about things. You know, yeah. like there's already this a pervasive opinion about whether it was right or wrong. Before you ever get to talk to people, Absolutely. you know, like and, that and, happened and, and there's no discussion. We have determined it's wrong. And now what? And it's like, hey, wait a minute. This was not the, you know, Ukraine war. This was, you know, somebody lying comedy on stage. Bit. Yeah. yeah. Comedy so bit. Why can't we talk about? No, because race gets thrown into it or this gets, you know, women get, you know, like how women are treated, white privilege. All this stuff gets thrown on the table and then the conversation ends. Hey, Jimmy, uh, I'm getting the high sign. You got something going on. You got to leave. And that's good. I mean, listen, oh. I could yap for, uh, you know, we could keep you here another 17 hours. So uh, yeah. what are you doing? It'll what is the schedule? Days. You won't even right. get to do your show. What I is the schedule, show. Jimmy? What are you doing I, uh, next? Take us into the world of Jimmy Kimmel, successful late night talk show host. What What do you do next? Well, Jimmy Kimmel, as I refer to him in a professional sense, is now going right. to go through <laughs> about 35 pages of jokes that his writers nice. have, uh, uh, it semi drunkenly hashed together, um, over the last couple of hours this morning. I will 35 pages, down. 35 yep. pages. I will. Uh, how many of down. those, how many jokes will you keep out of 35 pages? Do you think? Probably 15, I guess, maybe 15 jokes. Wow, I'll that's a lot down. Yeah. Are the and, writers uh, writing enough good material or is it that's it? There's only 15 good jokes in there out of 35 pages. It's just a matter of, of real estate, you know? You gotta, right. sometimes there are good jokes that you, you just can't do because you'd be forcing them in. Then I have a meeting do with writers. Segment. Hold on a second. Do oh, writers yeah, ever ahead. come to you, Jimmy, and say, listen, asshole, well, well, I, I'm busting my balls here. This is a good joke. Did they ever say to you, I want uh, this joke in? Nobody really fights for a joke, but they will fight for a bit from time to time. And I will almost always give in because my thought process on that is if you believe in this that strongly, you're going to make sure it's good. Right. I like when they fight for a bit that I've I've rejected, you know, and uh, and 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 so the day will be first the jokes for the monologue. Then you'll meet then, with the segment producers to what to go over the guests with Letterman and, yep. uh, and, and uh, Tracy. To figure out what we're going to talk about, if we're going to show any video, if we're going to show any photographs, um, we'll do that. And then uh, we have a rehearsal. And then I go back to my office and write until showtime. Write jokes for the monologue? Yeah, I write the monologue. So I'll take all the material and a couple of guys will form a probably eight-page rough draft. 
And then I go through and kind of rewrite the whole thing. I wow. revise it, I edit it, and it'll come out to be about six pages. Do you know all of your writers by name, or most of them uh, you just don't, you don't bother? I, I know them by name. I know their nice. birthdays. I know You're everything. a good man. You're a good man. I like that. Uh, <laughs> Jimmy's a much better human being than I am. Uh, who works here again? Uh, raise your hand if your name is Steve. Um, listen. Jimmy, you've done it again. Another successful appearance. Well, you covered a lot of topics. Thanks for having me. This is my favorite thing to do, and I listen Same every here. day, and uh, I love it, and uh, uh, don't ever retire. And Please. I love your show, Jimmy Kimmel Live, from Brooklyn all week. It's a special week. He's got guys like Paul Simon, David Letterman, Tracy Morgan. Oh, my God, the list is very impressive. Ooh, wow. Ben Stiller. Mila oh. Kunis, that's an attractive woman. Now she's great. Yeah. Oh great. yes. I hope she wears a very sexy outfit. Mila Kunis. <laughs> Do you, don't you hate when the guests are sexy and then they come out in uh, like a spacesuit? I mean, uh, do you say to the guest, listen, try to wear a pair of heels, something short, something titty, anything? Can you ever you tell know, a woman I, that? I let them make that decision. I, I don't. Good I for don't you. Comment on the wardrobe. Friday, Jason Bateman, Paul Simon, look at you. Tomorrow you're appearing on Kelly and Ryan. I mean, the show business doesn't get any bigger than Kelly and Ryan. You're, you're doing it all. And, and just to confirm to our audience, there will be no Dracula fashion show. Sorry, underdog. Oh, uh, and by, I wanted to mention one more thing, if I could, because Please. I know Ronnie, um, you know, who, you know, I love very dearly is in Las Vegas. And it, you know, I, I have a comedy club that is reopening in, um, at the beginning of November in Las Vegas. And I want to figure out something like maybe a Ronnie Monday, like on Monday nights or something <laughs> um, to highlight his talents and um, and to have him, to make him a part of my world as well as yours. So uh, well, ponder that and uh, we'll see. I maybe. think it's great. I think it's a great no idea. Tuesday. You wouldn't take that. Ooh, well, there's that. That's, <laughs> that might be well, let me so much the comedy club. A, a Monday or Titty Tuesday or Topless <laughs> Thursday, any of that stuff. But you know, when Ronnie makes an appearance in a club and you have a, a comedy club. Yeah. He does all of his thing. He yells out 69. Yes. Let's all get, of that. let's, let's fuck some whores. I mean, he, guys, cunt, he sometimes girls, he does cunt. Yeah. Cunt. Fun. Guys. <laughs> What's your favorite? Rob? My favorite thing is when he yells cunt. Just cunt. That's it. I love it. What, 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 what would you hope he would yell out in your new comedy club? My, well, 69 is pretty 69. great. But yeah. My cunt. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, right. Oh, ass treats. Ass treats. Ass treats. Ronnie, what do you think about that? Jimmy Kimmel, he's got to go. He's got to go work on his show, but uh, he just dropped a bombshell. Cunt. He's looking for Cunt. you to host a regular, to do what they call a, um, yeah. a residency. A, a residency. At, at Jimmy, what's the name of the club that you have in uh, Vegas? Jimmy Kimmel's Comedy Club. Jimmy, it, what about if you came out and said, whoa, 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 stop the clock? Yeah, that, Ooh. Would be, yeah, that would be Stop awesome. Stop the clock comedy. That'd be great. Maybe we yes, give sir, comedians General. a yes, certain sir. amount of time, and, and then uh, Ronnie stops the clock when he decides it's been enough. Uh, Ronnie, what do you think <laughs> of this idea. offer? Come on. Where are you? Uh, maybe Ronnie passed out. It's, 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 <laughs> it's hard a long morning, yeah. Well, Ronnie, what would you say if uh, Jimmy had you at the club? What would be the first opening line joke? Go ahead. Stick it in her pussy. <laughs> oh, fabulous. You got a winning idea there. Uh, oh, there my he is. God. Oh, there he oh, is. Oh, Jesus. What wow, happened? So to you? tan. So tan. No, no, no. I couldn't. I couldn't get. Uh, I couldn't get the screen to come on.
Oh, okay. How you doing, Ronnie? Uh, did you hear this? A big offer, a uh, residency at Jimmy's Club in Vegas. Uh, maybe you want to talk business? I don't know. Go ahead. Yeah, man. I'm in. Great. I'm what, yeah, You'd host the comedy night? Oh, yeah. Excellent. Would you, All right. We'll figure it out. I'll, I'll get in touch, Ronnie. All right. Sounds good. All right. Do great. me a favor. If you get the gig, you got to go make her moan like the moon when you go up there in front of the crowd. Make her moan like the moon. Yeah. That's Elderly. The sex tips. It could Elderly. Be, uh, be a very educational elderly <laughs> sex tip the elderly a, a, Monday, thing. a monday night sex the elderly tip, the thing yeah, yeah. <laughs> ronnie do your joke for jimmy knock this is ronnie's embarrassed here's the joke knock knock who's there cunt cunt yeah that's it <laughs> <laughs> thanks ronnie. every time all right. um, jimmy all thank right. you good luck with the show this week we'll all be tuning in to jimmy kimmel Puffy live red all right, Ronnie, save it for the, the, the comedy club. What's the matter yeah, with you? Blowing it all here. Until that clit. Oh, all right. That, a, a you got the puff you, right up. Uh, Ronnie, you got the job already. Let Jimmy get out of here. What's the matter? You, you're wasting your He's legendary wit. He's going to talk wit. himself out of it. Stop yeah, it. Uh, stop Think it. All right. And carry a big dildo. <laughs> Jimmy Kimmel live uh, from Brooklyn all week, 1135 on ABC. All of America is tuning in to Jimmy. He knows what he's doing, and he would have he would have put Will Smith in line. Probably would have knocked him right out. It would have been unbelievable. All right, Jimmy, thanks. Thank you, guys. Love Bye, you here. Jimmy. Take care. Bye. Jimmy Kimmel and his beautiful wife, Molly. Yeah, Molly kids. made an appearance. Jimbo oh, Kimmel. What an exciting morning. I mean, <laughs> So excited, I'm going to go lay down. Uh, Robin, uh, you are beautiful as always, and uh, I look forward to seeing you tomorrow, where I oh, have a yes, lot. I, I will come back. <laughs> Please come back, and uh, we're going to talk about a lot of stuff. And uh, Well, I still want to hear the, uh, I, you know, like you mentioned the, the Mormon porn thing, but I really want to know what happened. It was a disaster. Let's just put it that way. <laughs> Oh my God, Robin! So JD sent me a link, yeah, for that porn. You know the. So I said, you know what? Let me see what's doing. So I, I went in the bathroom. I pulled my pants off, and uh, <laughs> and I mean, it was you know, it was almost for me too much story. I told you I love oh, story. Oh, you wanted a story. This was too but much. These two girls are so conflicted with their Mormonism. They made out, like JD said, but then they were, oh my God, we can't do this anymore. Well, anyway, eventually about. Five to seven, maybe even ten minutes in, they finally go all the way. Everyone's naked and uh, they're going down on each other and everything. And I just said, you know what? I've been tugging this thing now for ten minutes, waiting for something, and nothing's happening. I put everything back in my pants and went to sleep. That was it. It was a, it was a disaster. I'm not. I'm done with Mormon porn. It's over. Mormon porn is not your thing. Sorry. I'm, all, I'm over it. Yeah. That that's the short story. Anyway. Tomorrow, I'll give you the long one. Hey, Robin, uh, mucho love. Uh, everybody, thank you. And uh, we will be back tomorrow for way more fun.